Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we are going to be talking about conventions. And I have a great panel with me. And a little bit later on, we're also going to have Lauren from Sort of Brilliant Podcast, the podcast that sorts characters into Harry Potter houses. And she's going to be talking to us because she's been to like, I think it's something like 80 supernatural conventions. So I definitely wanted to talk to her. She just couldn't be on with a, the whole panel at this time because she's actually at a supernatural convention at the time we're recording this. So a little bit later on, I'll be talking to her about her experiences going to those conventions specifically. And I know those conventions are probably going to come up during this conversation as well. But before I have my lovely panelists introduce themselves, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes, um, or actually just one housekeeping note. We are on Patreon right now. So if you'd like to support the show for as little as $3 a month, Head on over to our Patreon page. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to any one of our social media pages, click link tree, and it's in there. And like a convention, we have named the different levels of support after that. So you get general admission, silver pass, and then like gold pass. So you get different things with each one. Right now we have our Lucifer bonus episode up there. We have another bonus episode that we released before that. We are planning in the new year. I don't know why I've decided to do this to myself, but we are, <laughs> but it's a treat for everybody else. We are going to be revisiting every single season of American Horror Story and releasing an episode about it, except for season 10. We will not, we do not want to rewatch it. So every single other season, we will be revisiting and releasing a special episode next year. So you don't want to miss out on that. If you're an American Horror Story fan, that is one of our most popular episodes. So that's why we are doing that. Okay, so I'm going to go around and have my panelists introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into right now. Jill, who I think the last time you were on was on our bonus Freaks and Geeks episode. Yep. yep. Yeah. So what are you into right now, Jill? Um, I just finished Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. I absolutely loved it. So much fun. Steve Martin and Martin Short were great. Selena Gomez is great. Um, it's very well written. Uh, it's, it's one that you can kind of fly through, you know, when mm-hmm. you're binging it and get to the, you know, you get through 10 episodes and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> I'm already done. <laughs> um, but I have heard it's picked up for a second season, um, which is good. I also was just reading last night that it was, it's like by and far the most watched Hulu comedy ever. It was like, oh, really? the premiere was like 17 times higher than the previous record. And by the finale, it was something like in the thirties. I mean, it was, 
it was huge for Hulu. So they're wow. definitely doing the second season. And they did leave it open for a second season. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it if you like just kind of fun. Um, and it's about podcasts. They're doing a podcast. So uh, <laughs> true crime pod podcast. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I highly recommend that. Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Awesome. Yeah, that's on my long list of stuff that I will eventually check out. <laughs> and Paula, what are you into? I'm kind of down the gaming rabbit hole right now. Uh, <laughs> a new MMO just came out last month called New Worlds. So I've been playing that and a lot. And a couple of other games that I play, uh, Animal Crossing and The Sims just had some new content coming out. So I'm getting ready to dive into those again, too. So lots of lots of fun gaming stuff happening. Awesome. And that might be coming up during our conversation, too. Mm -hmm. mentioned so yeah and tanya hi so i'm gonna say ted lasso because i kind of was avoiding watching that because i thought it it can't possibly live up to the hype right but it's great it's it's wonderful and we just finished everything that has aired so far last night uh and it's yeah it's just really it's really fun and heartwarming and cute and I don't know, all of the above. It's. I think it's excellent. We'll probably have to do a whole episode about it because I think you have at least a couple of pretty diehard fans uh, in your podcast speaker rotation. So, Yeah, it's already on my thing. It's already full. It's already on the schedule for next. Like I've already put it on the th because we had someone reach out to me and say, you need to cover this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't cover it this year because it's too full. So I'll put it on the next one. And then literally the last, you are the... I think you're the fourth person to recommend it in the past month. Like every single week, it seems someone recommends this show. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So we are definitely covering it. <laughs> that's actually that's actually the next one on my list. If, yeah. I'm moving on to Ted Lasso next. If you like sitcoms, it's, you know, it's cute and it's really interesting. Like it has some good themes. So hopefully, mm -hmm. I don't know, we can do part two and I'll be on that. But uh, well, fine. Then I'll say um, Foundation which is interesting <laughs> and really wants to be super good and is plagued by a few issues. But there's a part where, oh my God, what's, I just blanked on his name. He's a big, tall guy, Lee Pace. Mm -hmm. Lee Pace looks like he's doing a hot Cheeto cosplay. And I just had to work that in to like, whoever is watching this and will get that, you're welcome. Because all I could, that was supposed to be super serious. And all I could think was, he looks like a hot Cheeto. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. And this is Aaron. And by the time this has dropped, the first episode will have already aired of the new season of Dexter. And I know I should be tampering my expectations. I can't help it, though. I am so super excited about this. I can't even begin to tell you. I am just so excited to see Michael C. Hall again in this role and hoping this makes up for that dreadful last season. And once again, we would have already done the first one by now. But every Thursday night, we are going to be doing live tweets of every episode of Dexter, the new season, not the old seasons. And Carla will be trying to join me, but Jen from my streaming bubble said she will probably be joining me for those. They're going to start at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, so 6 Pacific, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern. And then we're probably going to do live streams right after, like we did with American Horror Story and giving our reactions. And hopefully they'll be a lot more positive than American Horror Story <laughs> double feature. So hopefully. Okay, well, let's get into conventions. So what I first want to know, Jill, is what was your first experience at a convention or your first convention? So because I'm old, my <laughs> first convention was a long time ago. 
1986 was my first con. Um, it was a monkey's con. And for the youngsters who don't know who those are, it's a singing <laughs> group. It's not actual monkeys. That would be interesting, though. A monkey's con? Yeah. I, I would probably go to a monkey's con. But yeah, so the, the 60s group, the monkeys, they had a television show. They um, put out albums and stuff. And in the 80s, they uh, 20th anniversary, MTV started rerunning their shows. And they became popular again. And they started tour again. So um, there were some fan put together cons. Um, there was one in Philadelphia. That, I think that was the first one. But then the there was one in L.A. So that's the one I went to. So all the monkeys were there. They had guests that were people who were on the show. It was an interesting con. As a first con experience, it was fun. I had a blast. But it was in a hotel that didn't have a ballroom. So the con was in a tent in the parking lot. A big tent. A hot tent in L.A. in the summer. It was roasting. Um, but we had tons and tons and tons of fun. Uh, went out there with a friend. I was 19. It was the first trip I took without some kind of parental supervision on one end or the other. We had no money. We went on shoestrings, which I can't believe our parents let us go. We got there and immediately at the con had some money that we had to pay for things. Shuttle from the airport we thought was going to be free wasn't. Shuttle from the sh hotel to the concert, which we thought was going to be free, wasn't. So we had to spend all this money right away. Had no money left first day. We're, we're there two hours. We're almost out of money. And so we walked down Hollywood Boulevard, found a little grocery store with and bought a loaf of bread and a jar of goober grape peanut butter jelly mix. And that's what we ate the entire weekend. We didn't even have a knife. We were scooping it with our fingers. And put, But the con itself was great. We couldn't have had a better time. We had so much fun. The, the crowd was good. It was a well put together con other than the tent. It was a blast. We had so much fun. I made so many new friends at that con that I still, they're still friends to this day, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. Great social media got everybody back together um, because back then we didn't have social media. So we were pen pals, but yeah, well put together con. I, I think what's different about that con that looking back than cons now, because it was fan put together, it was a little more intimate and it was mm -hmm. kind of more set up to be intimate. So I made so many friends there. I don't, make as many friends at cons now, I think, than I did then, just because of the way it was set up. But yeah, that was a yeah. great first con experience. And then after that, I went to many more monkeys conventions. It became a thing. But that was my first step into the con world. Awesome. Awesome. And Paula? I don't have nearly as exciting of a story as that, but my my actual first convention was a, a gaming convention where it's all kinds of uh, board games and uh, RPG games, tabletop RPGs, miniatures, that kind of thing. And it was a, a local one here in Denver, just meeting up with some new friends that we had, that my now husband and I had made at a, a local gaming store. And they were the ones that recommended it to us. So we met them down there. And it was just a one night thing that we went to the first time and just kind of hung out and got to experience playing a bunch of different games and, and whatnot. And so that was, that was my very first one. Awesome. And Tanya? Okay, this is... I'm going to take it way back. So, well, I, I mean, not, not 80s, but uh, 1994. Picture this. Rural Wisconsin, 1994. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was 18, and I was very, very into uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And I heard, I don't even know how I heard about this. And, and I am from a small enough area that you got to drive an hour to get to anything. 
with any kind of opportunity to do a con. And so finding other nerds was already challenging. We didn't even, I'm going to back up a little bit. We didn't even get the channel that Star Trek The Next Generation was airing on. So my grandmother, bless her, who turns 94 today, used to, lived in, in Minnesota, which is close, and used to videotape episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation for me and would send them back with whatever relative was over there visiting. And then I would get them and, you know, wear them out watching them. So that that was wonderful. So I don't know how I heard about this. I think by then we got the channel and they advertised on TV. So I talked three of my high school classmates into going with me to this Star Trek convention in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which was small. And uh, the headliner, so this will give you a sense of how small this was. The headliner was John Delancey, who played Q, which is not even, I mean, it's kind of a recurring role, but not a main major role. And he struck me as a dick. Like it was was not, (laughs) I I mean, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know that I'd had a ton of experience at that point, but he came out to do his panel, which was the main panel. And he's like, I'm only going to answer yes or no questions. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really super care about you or, you know, I've not been waiting in line dressed as a Klingon Mm -hmm. to ask you some question, but I felt really bad for the other fans who were so jazzed and excited to, to do that. So that was, it was good. It was kind of intimidating as a newer fan and we didn't really talk to anyone else. I, I was rocking a very low budget Deanna Troy cosplay. And my friend went full face makeup and did Data's daughter, Lore, I think is her name, or like gold. It looks like gold skin, metallic gold. And the on, the other thing to note about this is on the way home, I drove a really sh- piece of shit little escort. And on the way home, we we're going down a hill. And I said to my friends, look, I got it up to 70. Because that there's no way that car would ever get up to 70 on its own power. And sure enough, at that moment, we're coming down the hill, police car going the other way. And I see, wheel, 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 speeding ticket. So first con, (laughs) first speeding ticket, first experience of someone in fandom who's kind of done and being a little bit of a jerk. Otherwise, good. (laughs) Well, you know, my first like official convention would be the Supernatural convention that I went to in 2015, honestly. But I think film festivals i'm going to include that in this i know might not be the same thing but when you go there you do meet the people from the films they'll be there they're holding panels it's not just watching films so i'm going to say that but that was still when i was in my 20s early 20s and it was here in denver where there used to be the stars denver international film festival and it used to be downtown at the Tivoli Center, what was known as the Tivoli Center, became part of Aurora Campus, all that stuff. But my first one was there, and it was just so much fun. I started volunteering there. It was fun because I got to meet people like Lily Taylor, who is one of my all-time favorite actresses, sweetest person I have ever met in my life, shyest, quietest person, too. And then also people like Scott Kahn was James Kahn's son. He was head of film there. Really, really sweet, nice guy. And so it was just stuff like that. There, There's other stuff where like William H. Macy, he's kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same kind of experience that you were saying, Tanya, where it was like there were all these young 
wannabe filmmakers like waiting for him and he pulled up in his limo the same time I had gotten there for like he was doing a special presentation the speaking thing and all these people were like oh we love you so much and he was just kind of you could tell he was just like so annoyed with these people and I'm just like okay I I guess but still it's like <laughs> I don't know it was kind of disappointing so it colored the whole thing for me with yeah them. you just you know you just want to be like bitch don't kill my vibe you know like <laughs> quote one of my favorite songs uh yeah so it just no and i hear you and i i who knows what these folks have going on just yeah. to kind of give them anyway it was just kind of an interesting note <laughs> yeah and i know it happens sometimes and sometimes the person is always nice and then that, that's they're just having a bad day they're human so of course so yeah so jill what is the best convention you've been to so I was thinking on this, and I think overall, I don't know that I could pick one. I think overall, those monkeys conventions, and there were numerous ones. There were some in LA, there were some in Chicago that I went to. I think overall, those have been my best con experiences. Again, because I think of that fan run, it's, it's not so corporate. The people running it also love you know, what you love, so they know what you want to see. It didn't feel like, you know, like we people talk all the time about creation and supernatural cons being a money grab, you know, it didn't feel that way. It felt like, you know, things were reasonably priced and it was about going and having a good time and not so much about making money. You know, the people running them wanted to make their money back, of course, but I don't, didn't feel like they were trying to make a profit. They probably were, but it didn't feel that way. You weren't nickel and dime for every little thing. And, um, you know, I think I spent most of my money at those cons buying stuff. One of my one of my biggest memories of those cons was um, one of them in Chicago. The the kind of the ballroom area was connected to the hotel, but you had to go outside to get to it. So it was like on the other side of the building, mm -hmm. and they didn't know. They obviously had never had anything like a like a monkeys con there, and didn't know that people were going to go wait in line because it was all general mission. There wasn't any like special seats or anything, so they didn't know that we were the type of people who would wait in line. So I'm sure they were wondering why all their blankets and their pillows were filthy as we drug them down to the street <laughs> to sleep on the street in lie. But I, I have video camera and I videotaped like all night long and we were just laughing. I'm like, oh my God, we had so much fun and we just laughed so much. We were so funny. And then I brought it home and watched it. I'm like, oh, we're stupid. Like that would, none of that stuff was even nearly as funny as we thought it was at the time. <laughs> but when you're punchy and it's 2 a.m. and you're out on the street, things are funnier. But yeah, I think overall those, because of that fan run, smaller, they were also very small cons. That lends, that's more my type of con. I, I, I less like the giant packed con. And Paula? I think the best one I went to was actually my su second Supernatural convention. I The first one I went to was, was 2015 as well. And I saved up because I wanted to go to one in Vancouver because that's where they filmed. So I went in 2017, I saved up, I was able to do several meet and greets. And I did uh, the location tour with uh, the person that did the, the location scouting. So I got to see a bunch of the different areas where they filmed things. So that was a really cool experience. And I went by myself. I didn't go with any of my friends. And I ended up sharing a hotel room with with some people that I had met in the Facebook group and made a whole bunch of, you know, just we, we just we had a blast. And it was really cool being in in Vancouver because that's where a lot of a lot of the actors that they have on the show were. So 
people would just pop in randomly at karaoke or at the concert or during the day and somebody's panel, they just pop in and say hi. So you'd get all these unexpected people show up. And that was just so much fun and got to see Jensen sing for the first time at the Saturday night special concert. So that was a, that was a huge experience because you never know when he's going to show up and sing. So that's always a, you know, an anticipated thing. So overall that was probably, uh, and one of my best experiences is just being able to experience all of those things up there in Vancouver. And I got to do some sightseeing around in the area too, because it's beautiful up there. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a really great convention for me to do. And I'm super jealous that you got to see Jensen sing. <laughs> I'm super jealous. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and Tanya. <laughs> so I, yeah, this is really challenging because it depends on, you know, what criteria I'm being a nerdy uh, sociologist <laughs> at this point, but uh, I'm going to say Zenite retreat. And I think this counts as a convention, um, but basically it is. So Xena warrior princess, as some of you, are too young to know. No, that didn't make sense. Okay. This show was on in the 90s. Uh, it has a huge fandom, very passionate fandom. They used to have creation convention cons like Supernatural. And eventually they stopped doing them because the show stopped airing. It's been 20 years since the show was on the air. But the fans had made friends with each other. And eventually what started as a softball game organized by some of the fans turned into a an event I can only describe as adult summer camp for Xena fans. Like everybody goes to this beautiful campground in the mountains, which is it's it's campground is there's how there's housing like bunk beds, but it's, <laughs> you know, I don't, mama don't do pit toilet. That doesn't happen. So it's, you know, plumbing and showers and all of that, mm -hmm. but essentially all your food, everything's included. And it's three days of, just everything from panels to softball to archery to high ropes, which I don't do that either. A 24-7 Xena watch-a-thon anytime you want to watch it. But it's just great. And the everyone was so welcoming. And it's just been the most fun event I've gotten to do as a part of my research. And no, really a few celebrities, but it's really not about the celebrities. It's more, it's much more about the fans coming together. So that I will say if that counts, and I will also shout out for uh, 2015 Supernatural Con in Denver, because everyone was so excited because they had wanted them to come here for so long. And that was my first convention like that with my son, who was 15 and super into Supernatural. So it's hard to replicate that experience just because of he was so excited like about everything like and then we we got the picture with the two guys and i knew i knew my son dean yes also named dean um was going to not be able to talk to these two guys so we walk in there to get the photo and i'm like great i have to be able to look at them and talk to them and it went okay but it was definitely like you walk in there and you see yeah i look at jared and then i go and look up about two feet, you know, into the air, but it was cute. They were, they were gracious. And just the energy of the, the community around that one made it kind of extra special. Yeah. I'm going to go with the 2015 supernatural convention because, which actually getting a lot of memories for that one, because that actually took place six years ago, this exact time. And I say that one just because that was my first experience of a convention like this. And of and I was really into Supernatural at the time. I'm not as into Supernatural anymore, even though we talk about it all the time on here. 
And then also it was special to me because it was the first time that I got to meet Carla in person. And Carla and I had been friends for a couple of years at that point, all because of the show, The Mindy Project. So all because of a different fandom. And then we ended up watching this show too. So that was really special. It was special because, you know, she saw like watching her see this little tiny, tiny, and I mean tiny little pile of snow. It wasn't even like a pile and getting so excited about it and having me take a picture of her with this little tiny thing of snow was the most adorable thing. And her going, oh my gosh, there's frost on the windshield in the morning and going on the highway and her going, oh my gosh, because she saw a mountain. So it was like those kind of things that makes it more special, not just the whole convention experience, but just that part of it, uh, meeting someone that you have been virtual friends with for so long and then being able to see them in person was just special and we weren't seat sitting together and she wasn't there the whole time like she left uh saturday afternoon so she wasn't there on sunday but then getting to of course meet jensen and you know that goes so quick you don't talk to them really you just say can we do this and i just wanted a hug and I remember leaving the room and I had left my purse in there because you put your, put your stuff on a thing and having to go back in there and get it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, nobody else cared, but to me it was embarrassing. Um, and meeting Matt Cohen was the only other picture that I got and both Carla and I took that one together and that was a lot of fun. That was a little bit more laid back than doing the Jensen one because there weren't as many people in there. So it was a little bit different. But it was just fun. The karaoke, I lost my voice Friday night during karaoke. And then, of course, Saturday night special was great. I mean, Jensen didn't sing, of course, but it was still amazing. It was like going to a rock concert. So that was incredible. So, yeah, that was definitely my favorite just because it was the first one like that. And then I just have such a special memory there of meeting Carla. Okay, so I want to know, Jill, is there like a favorite panel you've ever seen at a convention or... Yeah, we're going to be sticking with the 2015 DenverCon theme here. J2, um, that first con, you know, just seeing them in person is amazing. You know, the first time and they were so funny and so fun. And it's like the whole weekend builds up to that uh, moment. And it was the first time I hadn't, I don't think I had watched any videos or anything. So I think the whole experience, you know, from like previous cons, so I think the whole that whole weekend experience was kind of fresh to me. Didn't really know what to expect. And so seeing them on stage together for the first time was amazing. And I, I think I smiled the whole time. And they were just so funny and so sweet. And, you know, I came away from that con. And especially from them, you're, you're talking about, you know, getting your picture with Jensen. And it was really quick um, and how nice they are and accommodating they are. I, you know, I'd heard that the supernatural family quote unquote thing. And I thought, yeah, it's nice. It's something people say. I came away from that con thinking, oh yeah, I get it. You know, I, I feel that. And I think it was because the actors put that off. Like they, it wasn't like, you know, you're our fans and we're doing this for you. It was like, the, the, it felt like a big hug, you know, especially when Jared and Jensen were on stage, they were so sweet to everybody who was asking a question. And you just kind of felt that warmth from them. Like they, they liked the fans, you know, and they wanted to be there. So that panel really sticks out to me as, uh, you know, just a great time, you know, and it's something I loved and something I look back on fondly. I think now that I've seen it a few times, it's, I get that less of that feeling, not because of them, but just because, you know, I've, I've seen it. I've been there. But that first time I just came out with like, my heart was full and was like, that was the best thing ever. 
So yeah, 20, 2015 Denver Con J2. Paula? I'm going to have to go with my other uh, love, uh, Star Wars. This was the one and only time I drug my uh, husband, uh, we were still just dating at the time, to a Star Wars convention. I drug him out to LA. When episodes one, two, and three came out, they did a uh, Star Wars celebration after, I think it was after each one. And now they do them, I think, like every year, but it, was, it wasn't quite as, as common back then. And right after episode two came out, I found out they were doing one. I had missed the one the year before, or previously they had one here in Denver for episode one. Didn't know anything about it. Found out they were doing the one in LA. Drug him out there. We didn't get to see a lot of panels because it's harder. It's way harder to get a seat in those panels. But we managed to get into one with Ray Park, who plays Darth Maul. And he, somebody brought a double-bladed lightsaber, and he did the the thing with the lightsaber that he does in episode one and he does strikes that pose and we just it was i mean he does it i think he does it in a lot of the panels but that was the first time we saw him do it like we were in the room when he did it and it was the coolest thing ever and everybody lost their minds when he did it it was great and that was a just a, a a memory that sticks out because like i said my husband doesn't go to conventions but i managed to convince him to go to go to that one with me <laughs> So he was there and he got to see it and he thought it was really cool. And so that was just something that we could both share together and have this really cool moment. And I think that's probably one of my favorite, favorite things that we got to, got to see. Awesome. Tanya. This is also very difficult to answer, of course. So I'm going <laughs> to give you again, too. I'm going to say uh, seeing Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor, who played Zena and Gabrielle together at um, Fan X Salt Lake in 2018. That was a wonderful panel because they, so like I said, the Xena fandom is passionate and still going and very much active. Um, but I had missed all the, all the highlight, like the, when that was happening a lot, I was again in Wisconsin trying to find nerds and getting speeding tickets. You know, of all the place, anyway, okay. The other time I got a speeding ticket was literally going to do a gish thing. So anyway, okay. But um, I'm like, I'm like, I'm on my way to do charity. Doesn't that give me a pass? And he was like, no. It's like, all right, fine. Um, anyway, okay. So <laughs> they were just great though, because they were, they hadn't seen, the actresses hadn't seen each other a lot. They're friends, they keep in touch, but you know, they're busy. They do different things. And the fans hadn't gotten to see them together in, I don't know how many years. And it was just the energy and I also got to sit like right in the front I think I might have been wearing my Xena cosplay and like somebody found saw me and said here go sit wherever you want and I was like cool <laughs> and uh, Lu uh Lucy Lawless did the Xena cry for everyone like the the war cry so kind of similar to what Paula was saying where everyone just freaked out yeah so that was pretty great the other one I want to just mention is um, I was fortunate enough to get to be at San Diego Comic-Con in 2019 for the last massive Supernatural panel. Um, and just, yeah, you, you've probably heard of these panels if, if you have been in or adjacent to the Supernatural fandom. And I'm going to say that was just really special because I think at that point they knew the show was ending. I'm trying to remember if they knew it was ending uh, and this, they knew this was going to be the last panel, but they, they were emotional, like the actors, even though they've done this. And it's also 7,000 people or something wild in one room. And so just feeling that 
energy together with everyone was was kind of interesting. I have no idea what they talked about or I remember nothing other than that, other than, you know, kind of <laughs> sort of being there. And I was pretty tired. It was the last day of the convention. But yeah, that was how, how long did you have to stand in line to get into that panel? So I ended up I didn't. I, I'm a stinker. I was able to help with something. And then I, because I had volunteered, I was able to get in and not, cause I couldn't wait in line cause I was volunteering. A smart way to um, do it. <laughs> well, I just, I, yeah. And I, I was kind of like, well, if I don't get in, that's okay. I want to help with this volunteer thing. And then I was able to get in. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool though. That but people, yeah. I didn't mean to like brag or something, but people were in line no, no, no. forever. Like, no, I was wondering. I was wondering because that's it, the, yeah, those lines are crazy, and I'm sure, especially for that one, because I knew it was the last one. Yeah, it was just it was really, um, boy. I don't know. You know, I'm impressed with people who do that, and I did wait. I, you know what? I did wait in line for a while because I knew other people in line, and I was sort of visiting with them and offering to go get them snacks and things like that, but. Yeah, it, it's intense for sure. Well, I'm going to go with one that's kind of more probably not said a lot as far as like with the supernatural conventions, because I could mention a lot of them. You know, I I appreciated hearing Jensen and seeing Jensen and then a couple of the other panels. And of course, I think Rob Benedict is amazing. When I first saw him, I was like, that gave me, I already liked him, but I think seeing him in 2015, that man just he just radiates love and it's amazing. So I just really, really like him a lot. So just a shout out to him and just, you know, hosting and doing all of that. And he's a great singer and he's a great performer and he was just so sweet. But David Hayden Jones, actually, in the last, in, not the last one because they were just here, but in 2018 uh, at that convention, that Supernatural convention, I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll go, to, you know, I'm going to all the panels, whatever. I wasn't thinking anything of that. And then he was so awesome. He just blew me away. And I think that's why it was so special because I wasn't expecting anything. And he gave such great advice about writing and the creative process. And I remember tweeting about that afterwards and him responding and replying to my tweet about that. And so that to me made it more special because it was like, I don't know, like he seemed like a genuinely caring person and a genuine artist and really loved his craft. And so the fact that I had gone in going, ah, whatever, I don't really care as much about this person to walking away and going, oh my gosh, I love this person now. I think that's what can be special about any of these conventions. And so that is why I choose that one, just because I wasn't expecting anything when I sat down for that panel. And instead, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's amazing. So, yeah. And then having that little Twitter thing. was, was and, Sadly, cool. it can go the other way, too. Well, like, yeah. Oh, I love this person. Uh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. After you're yeah. like, uh, I don't like them anymore. Yeah, that can happen a lot. But. Yeah. So I want to know what your best like experience with a creator, with, you know, an actor or anyone. Um, there's a, there's a local Denver con, uh, star con star fest. I'm not sure which name they settled on. They, they back in the nineties, they were star. They did two a year and one was star fest. One was star con. And then at some point they merged them. So it was 1990 star fest. Uh, I was huge, huge, huge quantum leap fan. Uh, and Dean Stockwell was coming. 
so at the time, the people who ran those cons had an actual store called Starland where you'd go in and you'd buy your tickets. And they were going to have a brunch with the stars that you could buy tickets to. So I had gone down to the store to get my ticket. And I had been to one Starfest, just like gone into the dealer's room before, but I'd never been to panels or bought a ticket to the, you know, the full con. Um, so this is kind of a new experience for me. I had a friend that went all the time. So um, I was kind of meeting up with her. And so I went to go buy this, this brunch ticket. And when I went to get it, I asked the lady, you know, how do they decide who sits with the celebrities? And she's like, well, you can request if you want to sit with somebody, but it's not guaranteed. You know, we're, we're going to, we can put your name down though. So I'm like, well, I would love to sit with Dean Stockwell. So she's like, all right. And she put me on the list. So we get there. Um, we watch the celebrities walk in. We walk up to the front. They give us our table, you know, your table 13 or whatever it was. We, we walk in and the, the room was kind of like, it had a lower level and, and the back was kind of an upper level. So you had to walk upstairs. It was kind of a big circle. So you had to go upstairs around the back downstairs. And I see Dean over to the right. So I'm like, let's go, let's go to the left. <laughs> let's go the other way. I don't know why we do that. Why we go, that's the person I want to see. Let's go as far away from them as possible. <laughs> so we start walking around and we're watching the numbers go down and we're in the high numbers and we're going down and we're going, and it's now we're going to be sitting close to Dean. Oh crap. We're at Dean's table. So there were tables in the round and there was a seat next to him that was empty. Um, my friend goes, sit next to him. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so we ran around the other side of the table. So I was actually one seat away. So it was him, another person and me. And we're all just kind of sitting there and it's very quiet and everybody's very awkward. Um, nobody knows what to say. And so Dean reaches over to grab, you know, like the coffee pot and something happens. The lid shakes or he almost drops it or something. And there's a big clang. And he's like, oh, good morning, everybody. And that broke the ice. And from that point on, it was the most amazing experience. It was just sitting there talking to him for like an hour about his movies and about Quantum Leap and about his family. And he would ask us questions. And it was just so relaxed. It was like talking to a friend. I got to tell him because I tend to blurt out things without thinking about what I'm saying. Um, I got to tell him that I hated one of his movies. Um, why, why would I do that? Um, it was, it was Paris, Texas. He was talking about Paris, Texas has such a big cult thing and everybody loved it. And I'm like, I hated that movie. He's like, really? <laughs> it's like, you're the first person I've heard to say that. He also told us about a movie, which has become one of my all time favorite movies called the werewolf of Washington. It's absolutely horrible. It is, it is a horrible, horrible, bad horror movie. He, he admitted it because I think the question was, what's the worst movie you've ever done? And um, I had never heard of it. After the, after he mentioned it, I went and found it. And I'll, it's one of my all-time favorites because it's just so bad. So any, anybody out there, go watch Werewolf of Washington. It's just the best horror, bad horror movie. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. I've never had that opportunity to sit for that long with somebody that you love and just have a conversation with them. It was it was amazing. And we actually got a picture um, like the whole group at the table mm -hmm. and then one thing that was big thing that happened from that moment was i asked him when is there going to be a quantum leap fan club and he goes oh i don't know why don't you start one and i kind of went oh ah, mm, uh, mm. <laughs> well that's not what i yeah <laughs> and then another lady at the table said well i'd help you shortly after that we started the scott back in the dean stockwell fan club which was a, a sanctioned club there was a there was Around that same time, everybody had the same idea at the same time. So a couple Quantum Leap fan clubs popped up shortly after that. So we decided to focus on the actors to be different than the other ones. 
So the Back of the Stockwell Fan Club, which we lovingly refer to as the BS Club, we ran that club. It was officially sanctioned. We um, got information from their from their agents regularly, put in our newsletter. We ran it for a few years until it, we just got tired of doing it and we stopped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was Dean's fault. Dean caused that to happen. <laughs> and again, made a friend at that table that I'm still friends with today. So uh, yeah, amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah. See the, the wonderful power of, of fandom. Paula? Mine was... Uh... A couple of photo op experiences at uh it was uh Denver Pop Culture Con at the time. It's now Fan Expo in uh this is two thousand nineteen. Yeah. My sister and I went together and she had an ADA pass, so we were kind of front of the line. We actually we were front of the line. And we were waiting to get a photo op with Carrie Elways. And when they took you in, they're like, you know, please no hugs, no, no touching. The actors, some actors are, are very much, they, they don't want any contact, you know, just for various reasons, whatever. And so, you know, very respectful of that. And we, we stood, we stood there and they were doing some test photos before they started the photo op. So we were standing there waiting and he was doing those and he came over and he introduced himself to us and asked our names and guided us over to where we were going to take the picture, took the picture with us walked us over to where we were going to leave the photo op area and then gave my sister a hug, thanked us for coming and then turned to me and gave me a hug as well. And my sister almost had to carry me out of the room (laughs) because it was Carrie freaking always. (laughs) We had a very similar experience at the same convention with William Katz, which was very cool. Uh, Greatest American hero uh, showing my age. I watched that show when I was a child. So I, again, my sister almost had to carry me out of the room because he did the same thing. We're at front of the line. He came over, introduced himself, guided us over to where we were to take the picture, took the picture, thanked us, walked us over to where we were to leave to to, to go get our photo ops. And my sister was teasing me the rest of the time because I about passed out from, from these two. And it was fantastic. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. And the people behind us after the Carrie Always op came up and they're like, next time we're in your party. Because <laughs> he didn't do that with anybody else. It was so cool. Wow. that's so. that's And I love that they introduced themselves. Yes. That makes it even better. Because it's, it's like, like, like you don't know who I am. But exactly. <laughs> like, I know, I know who you are. Hi. That's awesome. Oh, it was so fun, though. It was great. I love that. That's, I just love the introducing. <laughs> right. And so if I didn't already love them at that point, I mean, forevermore, they're wonderful human beings. I love yeah. them. Yeah. What would have made it even, even better is if he had said, as you wish. <laughs> so oh, <pretty>. yeah. <laughs> he might have. I was already gone by that point. I bet. That's that's awesome. <laughs> and Tanya. I, I like that when you have one of those, like you've out of body, like you're watching mm-hmm. yourself and either good or bad. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> Which totally happened was. at the, Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. And yeah. I, okay. So I'm again, going to be a jerk and have. A, so one was at Supernatural Denver 2015, the infamous con we all love uh, <laughs> Jensen. So meeting, going through the autograph line, I am always, I I do a lot of public speaking. I'm a teacher. I'm pretty good at chatting with folks, but I always get in my head and I'm very empathetic. So if I'm in a crowd with a lot of people who are nervous, guess what? I'm going to be nervous, right? I'm going to be excited or like thinking too much or anxious. And I just tend to do that. So there's always 
I always do always do something weird or awkward, even though I'm not, you know, I'm very much trying not to. This wasn't that bad. I'm also probably just overthinking it. But I went through the line and I, you know, I knew that I don't that they had been trying to get them to come to Denver forever. And I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna say to get the autograph, I'm just gonna say thanks for coming to Denver. Um, and so I said, uh, you know, you see Jensen and he looks at you and you're like, ha words. Yeah. And then I said, so thanks for coming to Denver. And he looks and he locks eyes and he drops his voice into the Dean register. And he goes, oh, absolutely. And I was just like, oh, thanks. Bye. Oh, you know, <laughs> and you just sort of float away. Like, I don't yeah, know I what that fainted. was. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I, I realize these are people and I'm not usually that, I don't know, mm -hmm. but I will say one of my favorites was, um, I really love Jim Beaver as an actor, as a person, as a writer. And he came to Denver in, and I've, I've loved him before Supernatural. I'm a massive Deadwood fan. I love Deadwood. Um, I also love Justified and he was in both of those. So he's like the common denominator in most of my favorite stuff is Jim Beaver. So he came to Denver in 2019 and I, I did a photo with uh, another person with him because I was too nervous to go by myself until this time around for Supernatural I did. But I had I was reading his book about his first wife passing from cancer and it's it's heartbreaking but it's so good it's it's very well written and I was all in my head like I mentioned not sure if I should do the autograph and I asked the handler um hey did are do people have him sign his book because I didn't want to be insensitive and she's like oh yeah that's a really common thing he's super nice so I'm standing there I'm dressed like I don't know, some jackass costume from Umbrella Academy. Don't look anything like myself. And he, I'm like the first in line with the book and the money and ready to go when he gets back there. And I'm all nervous. And I said, hi. And he's so nice. And he's like, hi, how are you doing? And uh, I said, I'm really nervous. He's like, oh, you know, no worries about that. Where are you from? And I said, I'm actually from, I, I live here, but I'm from Wisconsin. And I'm, he's like, oh, where in Wisconsin? And I said, well, it's a tiny town you've never heard of, but it's near a town called Eau Claire. And he says, oh, I know where Eau Claire is. I'm like, really? Not very many people do it. He looks at me and in the Bobby Singer kind of mode, he goes, I read. <laughs> I read. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and then uh, he's so he's signing. He's just very friendly, trying to make me feel more comfortable, which I thought was nice. And uh, I said, you're, you're a hell of a writer, sir. And he blushed. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and that was just funny. I was like, oh, that was, he kind of put his head down and, you know, his cheeks colored. Aww. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's important to him that, you know, he, he wants to make that connection. And it's nice when you, you know, under can kind of have that moment of like, I really appreciate what you did. I know it must have been really difficult. I did not lose my husband, but I've, I've had an experience where my husband was in a coma and we did not know for a while if he was going to make it. And so uh, reading that brought up a lot of those emotions and also helped me process it. So I wasn't able to tell him that I don't think, but I, you know, it was nice to let him know I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. And to make him blush too. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great story too. Well, I'm, I'm going to first share this one as it's not really a convention. It was after concert. And the only reason I'm sharing this is because what Paula said 
about how where they are saying, don't touch them, don't do, reminds me of that. I used to go see Chris Isaac all the time perform. He is amazing in concert. He's like one of those that's born to be on the stage and he'll goes through the audio, goes through the crowd and he tells stories while he's up there. And after every concert, he stays after and he signs things. He doesn't charge or anything like that. And he'll sign anything. And the first time I saw him was at Red Rocks here in Colorado. And we were going after and through the line, you know, to sign stuff. And they say, don't touch him. Don't touch his hand. Don't, you know, don't do anything like that. And so it was my turn up there and he put his hand on top of my hand. And the only thing running through my head was they said, don't touch him. Don't touch him. So I pulled my hand away and to the same, like, that was the stupidest thing to do. He touched you. It wasn't like you were touching him. <laughs> but I will always remember that because I just kind of yanked my hand away. That, that was just a cool memory to have of, you know, you know, just because they say that if the person touches you, it's okay. <laughs> have to yank your hand away. Well, my experience, this will lead a little bit into what I have for Tanya, what I'm going to ask Tanya about in just a second. But having a podcast now, you know, I am very lucky that I've gotten to talk to a lot of people on the podcast. And going to the last convention I went to was the Colorado Festival of Horror, which was the their, their inaugural one. And experiencing a convention as a press person with a press pass is very different. I mean, you don't really, I guess a lot of people do get them and then they don't spend the time interviewing these people. And I'm like, why would you do that? If <laughs> Why would you waste your time and not want to actually sit down with the people is my opinion on that. But anyway, so I went to maybe like two panels the whole time I was there. And the rest of the time was pretty much just preparing for interviews. And what was so amazing about that experience is, you know, my favorite, of course, was Brink Stevens, who's a legendary scream queen, who is just the sweetest, sweetest, most down to earth person you will ever meet. Beautiful, gorgeous, amazing human being who I talked to a little bit before even the interview started, like, you know, because she had her table up and everything like that and signing things and taking photos. And so really sweet and warm and genuine. But when you're up there in that media room, and this is, you know, I'm very fortunate and very lucky that I was able to do that because you're treated totally different with these people that you're interviewing because it's like there's that nerves kind of go away really quickly because it's very much that thing of like, oh, hi. So is it okay if I sit here? Do I sound okay? It's more like this cordial, like it's more like a, a business thing almost where it feels like that, like. When I like right before I interviewed Xander Smith, who is an amazing concept artist and did stuff for like American Horror Story and stuff. And they were doing something else in the room, in the media room. So I was sitting on the couch and he came in and he's like, Oh, can I sit there? And I'm like, Yeah. So he sat down and we were able to, like, in between, like, he kept whispering stuff to me and I'd be talking to him. And then he's like, We were talking about writing and I was talking about being a writer. And he's like, Oh, so you're going to be interviewed next. I'm like, No, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> next and he's like oh <laughs> and it was just this nice little thing where it broke the ice a little bit and he was joking around and saying okay are you going to be really hard on me are you going to be easy are you going to just ask tough questions are you going to you know so it was just this nice little thing that made it I don't know more special so even though I didn't get to see a lot of panels it was just a different kind of experience because of being back there which I realize as an experience not everybody gets to have. So I feel very blessed that I was able to do that. Uh, that's why I don't understand why people would go to those when you have that opportunity and not take advantage of it. But, and so I know Tanya, 
you have conducted panels at conventions. So I want to just ask you about that really quickly, about what that's like and how that experience is, because I'm sure that's a hundred times different than when you're actually attending one. So, Yeah. So I, I think I'll preface this. I, I really should write all this down at some point and have a CV about it. But yeah, I think, th so I got into this, uh, my, I mentioned my first convention was Star Trek 90s, Wisconsin, very small. And the next one I went to after that was Denver Comic-Con in 2014. So 20 years later, mm -hmm. I'm in a big enough city. My kids are nerdy enough to be drug along with their mother to this event. And I'm going to get there. I promise, Aaron. I'm just, no, 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 we'll no, no, no. <laughs> we may diverge, but we will, we will find our way. So anyway, Dean, my son was super into supernatural at the time. And we waited in line forever to get into the big supernatural fan panel. Have all of you been to this at Denver? Okay. So panel fills just fan run panel fills the room. We almost don't get in. Right. And I joined a Facebook group and uh, Melody Deal and Sasha were were um, coordinating this group and I joined the Facebook group. And my big idea for the next year was, you know, we almost didn't get into that panel. But if we're on the panel, we will get into the panel. <laughs> so <laughs> this was this was my like my logic. And and I don't know that I entirely realized I was signing up because I think Melody had posted something on Facebook before 2015, like, hey, who want, who has ideas for what we would talk about? And at that point, Dean and I were doing a ton of like crafty stuff with Supernatural. Like anyway, and so we signed up. I said, oh, well, how about crafty stuff? And little did I really realize is, oh, that means we're going to be expected to talk in front of 500 people. You know? And we did. But also then my brain was, oh, if I'm on the panel, I get into the panel. Mm, okay. So from there, things kind of went and I joined a few panels and what that process is like, I just want everyone who goes to know that it's a lot more work than it looks like. And it's, even if it doesn't go well, hopefully, like give that person's or whoever's putting it on some grace, because it's, it's work. You have to know what you're doing. It depends. Like I, I, I'm not saying this to kind of brag. It's more like if it, if it's a great panel and it looks easy, it wasn't like there was work involved there. There was thought just like podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot that happens after we show up here and we go through the weeds and tell stories like I do. And then poor Aaron has to sit there and figure out <laughs> what what's worth, uh, keeping. And I, um, yeah, so it's it requires coordination. Different cons are different in terms of the process of doing a panel. What I like is I like to get a little meta with things. So I've done panels specific to shows. I've done panels on certain themes. I'm a teacher, so making slides and talking at people loudly about my ideas is not unfamiliar to me. <laughs> and it's also like, ha, you have to sit here and hear what I think. Yay. Um, anyway, but it's also really, it's really fun for the panelists. If you, if you're enjoying it and doing a good job, it's probably the most fun for the panelists. So I've moderated panels as small as 10 people and as big as like 600 people. The most nerve wracking experience was moderating a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And I had not been to this before. And just for, for your listeners, has any of have any of you been to San Diego? No. 
It was my bucket list just to go there once. And it is just another level. It is Comic-Con on steroids. Like, I don't even know how we could have a whole episode about that. It is, Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did it, but it's super intense. Believe this or not, I am an introvert. And so by the end of the day, I was like, I got to go somewhere quiet and be alone. Anyway, so moderating moderating this panel, I was I was asked and it was it went well, but I was so nervous because it's like the big leagues, right? You feel like you're okay, I'm starting on in the big leagues and I got to make sure this runs smoothly. Um and I remember walking, we also had to do press. So you were talking about that mm-hmm. side of things and I had to help coordinate the press room. So we had a press room and we had to invite press and then answer all these questions and then also kind of run that and then go from there to the panel room. So it was, it was really weird. Like, frankly, <laughs> I hadn't done that before. And I, you know, just a different entity. And on the way there, I'm, I'm talking with some folks who were there and, you know, Chuck bless uh, Charlie Capen. I got to give him a shout out. He's the, he runs Gish because I'm walking and I'm very nervous. You know, as I mentioned, I get in my head and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to pee. I really have to pee. And he's like, you know what? It's good because you, you know, when you get nervous before a performance, you either people who get nervous, they either barf, they pee or they shit themselves. So, <laughs> so because you feel like you want to pee or barf, you're probably not going to shit your pants. And I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, okay, thanks for that really gross and weird pep talk that is now has me worrying about an eventuality that hadn't occurred to me but thanks bud anyway so yeah it's a lot it's it's a lot happy to give more specific comments there or or if people have questions about how to do a panel I'm happy to answer that but it's also I just want to add like we you're not paid I I don't know if that's clear like you don't generally you're not paid to do panels at least not in my bracket But it's, uh, you do, you're, you are generally comped a pass to the convention. So Mm -hmm. it's a good way to make sure you get on the panel is to run it. And then also you get into the con, (laughs) but it's, uh, so typically that would be the, the full weekend pass or for the whole convention, but not always. Sometimes it's only for one day. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's a bit of a process. It's definitely not as hard as a podcast, but. Well, but I mean, it's still hard. It's still, it's like tomato, tomorrow. If you were doing that, like all the time, I'm sure it would be like extremely difficult running it's, those things, like running a convention. I can't even like oh running God. the whole thing. <laughs> no. And that's, that's one thing I didn't say yet that I, I meant to get to is I did. Um, I've not done that. And I, you, I don't know that you could pay me because I don't think I'm that organized. It's just not, I mean, it's just intense, but I do know it's extremely expensive, especially for Denver. Um, some of my research on fandom informed me of this, that to run Colorado's expensive, like for taxes, mm-hmm. like different states yeah. have different kinds of taxes for events. And so some of why the prices for things like creation are high is because of that. But some of that is also because they're for profit and other conventions are not for profit or, um, they have numbers so that they don't have to charge quite as much. So there's some differences there in terms of type of convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, well, I want to talk about sexism (laughs) and just a lot of the, you know, we talked a little bit about this when we talked about cosplay last year or this year, earlier this year, sorry. And I know that sometimes that can come up when you're dealing with fanboys versus fangirls and all that kind of junk. Um, So have you encountered any of that at all, Joe? At cons, I have not. But I will preface that by saying that most of my con experience has been fandom specific cons i haven't done a lot of like denver comic con san diego comic con those types of cons so kind of my fandom experience has been like monkeys quantum leap supernatural and those fan bases are primarily women so there's not a lot of that the the women definitely outnumber the men in all of those fandoms so i never experienced anything there the only time I experienced a little bit, and it wasn't con-related. It was, um, like, message board-related. I'm also very into um, a show called Red Dwarf, which is a British Mm -hmm. comedy series. And that fandom is the opposite. Mostly men, some women. And there was a little bit of that on their message board. Some of the, you know, there was a group of regulars who were always on the message boards. And there was a small fraction of them where there was some, you know, condescending comments or um misogyny and stuff um that's the only place i've really experienced but i like i said i think a lot of that has to come with the fandoms i am in that they they seem to be women you know um mostly women so yeah so luckily luckily i have not that's good good paula i i've been pretty fortunate i haven't really had any negative experiences like that either tanya have you this feels so weird. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, generally I, I agree with Jill's comments about the culture of the fandom making a big difference mm-hmm. here. Um, and I'm fortunate enough. I certainly I've experienced sexism. Let me just put that out there because I am a person who has boobs and <laughs> looks like a lady um ish person so yeah i've 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 certainly been harassed and, and experienced that okay but it's in the fan experiences i've had in the last um five six years i don't think so at least not anything overt i do think there's there's dismissal of female fans a lot and a lot of um like i i forgot who was saying this about oh aaron you were sharing even with the you know, getting a name wrong a little bit and then someone kind of jumping on your ass about it. Sorry. That's I'm turning into my Midwestern colloquial (laughs) classy uh, (laughs) vocabulary. Um, Right. It's someone getting really upset about it for some reason or just so in, you know, the sociology person in me is like, okay, this is boundary maintenance and boundary work and people trying to police the boundaries of this. But Yeah, I tend to avoid fandoms that, or I tend to be judicious about not 
engaging in the toxic side. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's there. Don't get me wrong. As positive as some experiences are, had some not great experiences. Um, but generally, no. And I it may be because I'm a little bit older, I give off a very mom teacher vibe, <laughs> if I do say so myself. And or I just sort of move on or t- tend to kind of I might have a kid with me at any point at a con. And so I feel pretty safe and pretty comfortable with things. And, and in fact, I have gone to I will say I want to I want to kind of give a shout out because I'm often in female female dominated spaces in fandom, which is wonderful, or spaces, like I said, that are actively constructed about being inclusive, where that behavior just generally seems like it's not Mm -hmm. tolerated, uh, at least in person. Uh, I went to um, a tabletop gaming convention, and I love D&D and and things like that, but I don't play a lot because I just have not had that opportunity. But it was mostly men and I was a little like, uh uh-oh, you know, and I don't kind of know what I'm doing, but I'm interested and I want to check it out. And I was covering the event for um, Nerd Nerd Alert News. And so I wanted to play. And I, of course, didn't bring my own dice because I wasn't thinking, you know, (laughs) like, and I sat at a table with like five guys and they were lovely. Like they were friendly. They were helpful. They loaned me dice, you know, and it was not, there was nothing you know, uh, you don't belong here kind of vibe at all. So, uh, yeah, it, I think it just depends a lot on where you're at. That said, I think some video game, I hate to like throw video game fandoms and I think star Wars can be a little rough. Right. And I love star Wars, but that's part of why I don't, I don't do a lot of fandom stuff with star Wars. I think star Trek too. can be. Mm -hmm. I think it comes into play more with people who are doing, um, cosplaying, yeah, you know, wearing sexier costumes and things. Mm-hmm. I think they get they get it way more than than me walking around in my jeans and t shirt. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I haven't personally really experienced much of that. Uh, the only kind of fandom area or area where where I have experienced that and where it still goes on is in is in horror, honestly, because there are still a lot of men out there who, and a lot of people in general who think this that that's a male genre. Some men, I don't know, talk down to women or go, okay, you're not really a fan of this genre and let me test you out. Have you seen this horror movie? You've probably just seen these ones. You haven't seen any of these underground ones. You don't know this. I think stuff, I hate but... that. I think I hate the testing more than anything else. Yeah. It's that. It's like, the why whole, do I yeah, got to prove anything fan? to you? Yeah. Are you a true fan? Which is bullshit, but. Anime is tough. Like I, I do like some anime and I, I don't mean to like jump in no, necessarily okay. if, if folks, were, but that one, I, I have experienced some sexism yeah. around that. Yeah. Around anime. That's what I, that's what mm-hmm. I've heard with that one. Yeah. And I think that's why it happens a lot in sci-fi and with comic books as well as I think, you know, there is this perception that that's a fanboy thing and women aren't going to be into that stuff. You know, I still, still to this day, I think that's part of what what it is. So I think that's why sometimes with Star Wars and like I've stated before, I was told when I started this podcast, I was one of the first episodes I was going to do was Star Trek. And I was told by numerous people, do not do that because you're going to get attacked immediately. (laughs) So it's just this weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. The the gatekeeping kind of, you know. Attacked because they wouldn't assume you knew enough about it or because you were a woman? Because I was a woman. So that's that's why we didn't do Star Trek right away because of that fact. 
And then I was like, I don't care. So after a while, so, you're like, so when you, when you, when you did do it, did you get, did you get backlash? No, actually the opposite happened when we did that. But I think that's because I ignore a lot of the other stuff, but this was mainly from other podcasters, other male podcasters went and listened to it and said, I never thought of this stuff beforehand because I'm a man. So I didn't think about the stuff that you would have to deal with. So, and I'm not a Star Trek fan. I was talking to somebody who was a big Star Trek fan, but my dad was a Star Trek fan. So I knew a lot about that stuff, but yeah, but I, I didn't, I got more of the different, which was a nice thing, but you still, you know, you can get that. You can get it from, you know, most male podcasters I know are awesome, but you can have that in the podcasting world too, where it's, you know, very much like that. So, okay. Well, I want to talk about if you have a dream convention, Jill, is there like some kind of convention you'd love to go to or see happen or? I thought about this. I was trying to think whether this was dream convention that's already existed that you haven't been to or whether it was one that doesn't exist either. that you would like. So there's two that that I that exist that I would love to go to. One is Red Dwarf. It, they, um, I don't think it's regular, but they, they have one in England called Dimension Jump. I always thought that would be great to go to because all the actors on that show are British. They don't come over here very often, so the chances <laughs> of seeing them are slim. So I'd love to go to Dimension Jump. The Gibcon, just in Bello, that's in Rome. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That all the Supernatural actors go to. I don't know what it is about that con, whether it's the way it's run or whether it's because they're in Rome <laughs> or the drinking, right? But, but the, the actors love yeah. that con. And the, watching the videos, they're having so much fun. So that one always seemed like it'd be fun to go to. As far as a con that doesn't exist that I would like to go to, huge Toy Story fan. Uh, I know there's Disney cons, but I feel like the Pixar part of Disney is a separate entity. Oh, I would be all over going to a Pixar con, something where there were animators there talking and you could buy merchandise. I would be all over that. So yeah, a Pixar con would be kind of cool. And and we've talked about Gish. It's been floated a couple times. You know, would you be interested in a Gish con? I would be all over a Gish con. <laughs> I would be there in an instant. That would be the most fun. I can't think how. Anyway, that wouldn't be amazing. So yeah, I'd be all in for a Gishcon. And it definitely sounds like Paula and Tanya would be up for the Gishcon too, is what it sounds like. And I have a feeling most people that we know that do that probably would too. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened, honestly. I wonder if it will happen. So what is your dream dimension, Paula? I would also love to go to to Gibcon because like you said, those videos are just it, it, it feels like they're a lot more relaxed there. And they just, yeah, they're having a lot more fun and, and those would be a lot of fun to go to. And I, I would like to experience San Diego Comic-Con just once because I am also an introvert and all those crowds just kind of make me go, oh God, I don't know if I can deal with this, but I still want to experience it just once, just to be able to say I've been there. Those are those are the two big ones that I would I would really like to experience just just once just to be able to to do it just once be fun. Yeah, Gishcon would be great. I've joked about Toncon, <laughs> not nothing like naming a con after yourself, <laughs> where um, it's just like a bunch of academic-y, nerdy stuff. Like it's that intersection of of charity work, crafting, nerding out, and enjoying things uh, that I that I would love, and and all we serve our nachos. 
And it's just different kinds of nachos, breakfast nachos, lunch nachos, dinner nachos, dessert nachos. And that, and yeah, and um, that's, that's what we do. And there's naps. You can go nap wherever you want. There's nap couches, just nap all of time. Anyway, okay. No, <laughs> more like an awesome con. I'd be there. I know. Yeah. 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 Con. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to sign yeah. up for TonCon. Okay, awesome, great. Yeah, sold. Yeah, and it's low low cost, and there's just like you know, you know, like the um the fountain, like champagne yeah. fountain, but it's but it's cheese for your nachos, <laughs> and you just okay. Anyway, that's my favorite uh, food is nachos too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Me too. It's a oh, sad thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's why. They're How can amazing. you go wrong with nachos? They have every, you can do it in every variety. Um, okay, anyway, seriously, <laughs> kind of a little more serious. I mean, I'm serious. I would do that, but I want an Expanse Con. I don't know if they've had one. I love the Expanse. That has been my thing I got into over the pandemic. They may have one, um, but I would, I would love just a whole weekend of that. I would also, I did not get to go to an entirely fan-run Supernatural Con, and I think that would be really cool, like, because I know they've had some uh, and I don't I love, you know, getting to see the folks that we we um, enjoy and all of that. But I would love to have like the writers and the directors. Yeah. And I'm I'm interested a lot in the process of things, too. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing about San Diego. That's kind of cool is you do get that. Yeah. So that that would be great. And of course, Gishkan, I'd be there. My dream is, and they have one coming up, like it's in, I think it's in London, is to go to a Queers Folk convention. That's my dream convention to go to. I, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, I second that, but, but Queers Folk one because that's my favorite show. And I would just love to meet those actors. And yeah, so if anyone wants to pay for my trip, no. <laughs> I mean, to go overseas and yeah, even Gail Harold's going to be there and I would just love to meet that man and all those people just all those amazing actors so that's my dream one to go to that i know exists and they don't do them all that often so that would be my dream one as far as like one creating and it's probably just because i've been in this world and even though i criticize this show all the time because of the actors and because of the creators involved and because i just think it would be an interesting experience especially cosplay wise would be just amazing and I don't think they've ever done one of these. If they have, someone tell me. But I think an American horror story convention would be interesting because they've done so many different realms and worlds and all the same actors are constantly used and reused. And I just think it'd be really interesting to hear from those actors and hear from the creators and hear from, you know, like set design and costume and all that kind of stuff. I just think that would be a cool one. And I think the costumes, the cosplay stuff would be uh, insane in that one, just because of all the amazing things that have been throughout that. So even though I criticize that show, since it has been in my life so much lately, I still think it would be really fascinating. And even hearing Ryan Murphy speak, if it, you know, he would never talk to me because of the stuff I have said about some of the stuff he does, but I would love to talk to him and just you know, politely ask him, you know, certain things. <laughs> but I just think that would be a fun one. Okay, so do you have a dream creator or actor or anyone that you want to meet, Joe? So not not a fandom person per se. Um, music. I would love to meet Paul McCartney. Especially if you could spend more than three seconds, you know, getting Hey Paul, <laughs> bye Paul. You know, I mean, I would love to meet Paul McCartney. Other than that, um I kind of thought Jensen Ackles was 
was the one I think I would pick. I met Jensen at a photo op, you know, as much as you can meet them in a half a second. But if I had a moment where you or I could actually spend even just five minutes, you know, having a conversation, I think Jensen would be somebody I'd really like to have a moment with, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he's a, an amazing person. He's an amazing actor, but he's an amazing person. So yeah, I would say, I would say Jensen and Paul McCartney. At the same time. Paul McCartney and Jensen at the same time yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> that would be an end. It's one of those, you know, who would you bring for dinner kind of question. <laughs> yeah. Right. That that would be pretty fascinating right there. Yeah. yeah. Jensen Ackles and Paul McCartney and dinner. That. Yeah. And Jensen yeah, Ackles would probably be a little bit starstruck there too. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sign me up for that dinner. <laughs> and Paula. Mark Hamill. Even though I got to go to that Star Wars convention, I didn't get to see any of the panels with you know Mark Hamill or any of those guys. I, it was all we got to see some of the other um, the other things, but we never got to see any of the the big names. And uh, I would I would love to 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 meet Mark Hamill. <laughs> I've been a Star Wars him to fan. My dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I've I've been a fan of Star Wars. That's that's my first movie memory. So that's that's a huge one for me. So meeting Mark Hamill would be a dream come true. <laughs> that's a good one too. And Tanya. Yes, I. This is challenging, but I would love to have nachos um, with Chris Evans, uh, and we can talk about whatever. But I want to like actually. I don't want to be like hi <laughs> picture because yeah. I love Captain America and and Evans' portrayal. But it's more like I would actually want to talk books or politics or have a conversation like about that. And he's such a dork on Instagram. It's great. Anyway, um, like he posts pictures of him or he posts little videos um, playing piano, and he's great. He's like he's good at it, and that's fine. And I don't mean to like, but it's really if Chris Evans, nobody can make playing piano look cool. Is what I like. If Chris Evans can't make playing piano look sexy, nobody can. Like it's very dorky. I mean, it's still impressive, and I'll still love to hear it. But it's like, you know, it's just not a cool instrument. Not oh, like a guitar. I you know. I disagree. Anyway, <laughs> I know you, Elton John. I'm teasing. Well, no, not, not, and not even Elton John. I just, yeah. oh, yeah. I love. Piano. I'm just Sorry. teasing. <laughs> no, me too. I'm just talking shit. It, having nachos. I just like that having nachos with the yeah. I mean, I have I have a vision board of guests I want on this podcast. So I have ones that I'm like, I am determined to make happen. <laughs> so I do have a dream list of that. But as far as I'm going to go with a couple here, but I'm going to say for creator wise, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite writer and director. And he wrote and directed my favorite film, Magnolia. And he has one coming out called Licorice Pizza. And so to be able to sit and talk to him would be amazing. And he's really funny. He has, you know, he used to do writing on, Saturday Night Live. Um, he's also married to Maya Rudolph. So it would just be amazing. I mean, she's he's very lucky to be married to her <laughs> and vice versa too, I'm sure. But so I would just love to just sit down and talk to him, have him on here. I mean, that would be incredible. I would be just in awe just to be able to talk to him about, about his process and everything. I mean, I, I just, I just love him so much. So that would be an ideal as far as creator and someone who's created something I love. I mean, it's me. So I, I will say George Clooney. I think it'd be fun. It'd be very hard for me with George Clooney. We've talked about that being on my vision board of having George Clooney on here and everybody's like, someone else would have to be in the room with you 
to make sure you'd be able to speak. <laughs> but I think, I honestly think with him, the way he comes across, I think it would be a little bit more, he makes fun of himself. So it might be a little bit more relaxed, but I think I would be kind of like, uh, 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 same with if Jensen Ackles or something like that would be there. But also since he is kind of an unofficial mascot and we're doing a whole month celebrating him in January, Christian fucking Bale, I just, but also just because he's fascinating. I think he's absolutely fascinating. But like I have said before, he needs to, I only want to do it if he will be speaking in his natural accent. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, Carla can come and do his accent. What Carla and I came up with the other day, because I was watching the Queen family sing-along thing on ABC. I was only watching it because I like Queen's music, but Darren Chris was hosting it. So I was watching it for that. And he did an, an English accent there. And I was telling Carla, oh, you and Darren Chris should have an accent off. And she's like, oh, I'll do it. And I'm like, you know what we should do is we should have you both do a Welsh accent and then have Christian fucking Bale judge this and decide who does the better Christian Bale. <laughs> so I'm putting that out there. Because <laughs> I'm sure this 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 will definitely happen. But yeah, so those, I mean, I have my list is like, you know, really, really long, of course. So, but those would be some. I just think those would be really interesting interviews uh with them and and i would love vera formiga i would love to have her on here too as a, another person putting out there so well i want to know tanya i know you have a funny misha story so actually i want to do that Get to hopefully that. it's funny we'll see um <laughs> it might just be secondhand embarrassing so i'm gonna my answer to this nachos with evans would have been misha but i've had too many awkward interactions no i love him i appreciate him like and what he has used his uh, stardom for. So at 2015 Denver, at some points they had to go up and down the aisles where people were sitting and people were high-fiving, right? So I see Misha coming and I'm like, I'm going to be different. I'm, I'm too cool to high-five. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be different and I'm going to blow him a kiss. And instead, you know, like, I don't know why I thought of this, but, you know, blowing somebody a kiss when they're like, 24 inches away from you doesn't always translate. So he's coming up the aisle and I'm going <laughs> kiss, blowing, kiss, blowing, kiss, blowing, kiss. And he looks at me and he sees my eyes and it's unfortunate. This is audio only, but it's clear that his expression is what the fuck? <laughs> like he just gives me a, the fuck. And I think he thought I was doing the, the under your chin. Oh. Like maybe, I don't know, but he recovers he goes, what the fuck really fast? And then he blows a kiss back and moves on. And I was so embarrassed. And so that was something I remember. I'm sure it's not the weirdest thing that happened to him that day, that hour. (laughs) Um, But the the other funny follow-up is that his poetry signing a couple weeks ago, we're all waiting. Did anybody else go to that here at Tattered Cover? You went, right? Jill, Jill? you were there. Yeah. You might have heard this story. You were there. I was taking your picture when you were there. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. So Sasha, my friend, got her PhD and she's like, I'm going to make him sign it doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Sasha, right? And I'm like, I'm stealing that idea. So, you know, not original. But I'm in line ahead of Sasha and I give the book to Misha and he sees and he goes, oh, doctor, what's your doctorate in? And I would love to actually talk sociology with him. What's your doctorate in? And I said, sociology. And he goes, oh, and he looks right at me and he says, my wife used to make me call her doctor. And 
Tanya's brain just went to white noise and Google returns. And you know how Google returns, like you have to go down several to find, because the first six were dirty. Like it was just dirty joke, dirty joke. Nope, not that. Don't say that. Don't say that, Tanya. Don't say, don't say that. And finally, what I said was, oh, on special occasions or, and I think that's what I said. And I don't, (laughs) that's awesome. I don't know if like any, anyway, and then we moved on, but it was just like, okay, I got to tell somebody that story because I don't even know how to translate it. It Just my brain just literally went into Google return. And then I went, nope, not that. No, don't say, don't say that shit, please. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So with my panel right now, I just want to close out and then we're going to go to our Lauren interview. So the conventions in the age of COVID it's a little bit different. I know with the supernatural convention, they made everybody test. They didn't do that with the horror convention. It was just masks were required. So what do you think about going to a convention right now? Like, how did it feel the first time you did now with COVID, Jill? I'm pretty COVID careful. Um, I err on the side of caution. So there's things that friends have done that I look at and go, hmm, I'm not doing that. I'm still not even totally ready to go back into restaurants you know where people are unmasked for a long period of time so when the supernatural convention we we kept thinking it was going to get canceled and it didn't and so i was really worried i'm like i'm going i've spent 500 dollars on this ticket i'm going but i was really nervous about it even though they 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 originally came out saying you had to have you had to be vaccinated or you had to be tested Um, i was still nervous about it when they came out and changed it to everybody had to be tested all of a sudden I felt comfortable. It was like, at least I know going in, everybody is clear at this moment, you know, and it, that added a level level of comfort. And I, you know, and, and everybody had to be masked and everybody was very good about staying masked. They had people walking around um, watching. And if somebody's mask came under their nose, they kind of get, Hey, lift your mask up. So they were paying attention. They were policing it. Uh, And I felt really comfortable more comfortable than I thought I was going to be. So I like that. So if that was a situation for another con, I would definitely be willing to go. Uh, If it was something like this past Denver Comic Con, I don't know what it's called now. What's the new name? Fan Expo. Fan Expo. I don't think I'd be comfortable in that situation. With a ton of people, shoulder to shoulder, moving through those crowds where you don't know if people are complying or not, I I would not be comfortable in that situation. So I would not go to like a big massive con like that. Um, But a smaller regulated con, I felt pretty comfortable. Paula? Yeah, I was really happy with the the things they put in place. I know a lot of people were complaining because they changed um, like within a few, uh, I think it was a week or so before the con, they originally had said you had to test 72 hours before, and then they changed it to 36 hours, which to me made a lot of sense because you had a lot of people flying in from all over yeah. the country and um, Jared and Jensen especially were still filming and Je- Jensen even mentioned um, mentioned that specifically on stage that, that was a, a big reason why they had that protocol in place because even if they didn't get sick but they they caught COVID and took it home with them or back to where they were filming that shut down production mm-hmm. and that puts a lot of people out of work so and you know that was that was the biggest reason why they were requiring the testing and requiring it on such a short notice. Um, But they did a really good job. I thought with putting those um, uh, 
uh, or processing the people doing the testing that were doing it on site because you could either get the test done and bring the results with you or bring an over the counter test um, if you if you didn't do a, a medical provider done test ahead of time you could you could bring an over the counter test done and do it there on site. Um, they had a room set aside and they were processing everybody pretty quickly, I thought. And um, then they had um, the plexiglass between the actors. And I know a lot of people were really upset because there was gonna be plexiglass for the photo ops. And so a lot of people were trying to sell their ops and they were upset because you know, we expect that we're gonna get the hugs and we're not gonna get the hugs. And guys, you never are guaranteed that you're gonna have physical contact with a celebrity. Even if that's something that's happened in the past, you can't really expect that all the time because things happen. And I know it was upsetting and it was disappointing for a lot of people. I get those those photo ops too. And I, you know, I was a little bummed, but looking at all of the creative ideas people came up with, it was it was really fun to see those. Um, one gal even made like a, a Funko Pop uh, cutouts and she put that online so other people could do that up. Work with what you got. Make it fun anyway. And it was still fun and everybody was safe and you know everybody was like Jill said everybody was was really good about complying and if they weren't people were were being told you know put your mask up or you know whatnot and it it felt like a really safe atmosphere and I was I had been planning to go to Fan Expo last weekend but I was a little nervous about it because it wasn't going to have the same level of protocols in place. And I ultimately, for that and a couple other reasons, just decided not to go because I did not feel as comfortable in that kind of an environment with that many people, not knowing who's really who's really being safe and who isn't. Um, so I, I appreciated the, the level that they went to, to, to keep, to keep those protocols in place and, and keep everybody safe. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done despite, you know, the, the problems that a lot of people do have with creation. I think that's one that they handled really well. Do you know what the protocols were for the fan expo? As far as I knew, it was just that you had to mask. Yeah. It was just masks. Mm -hmm. Oh, so no testing at all. No nope. vaccination. Oh yeah. Nope. nope. Yeah. That's, um, that's kind of I, surprising it, me. Yeah. Me too. Is it cool if I jump in? Or, yeah, go or, for it. Um, yeah, I will echo that, Paula. I was very impressed with how they ran that at creation. It made me feel much more uh, comfortable because I, but this said, um, I'm a teacher, so I'm already, because of work, exposed and very, I am very cautious. I do keep my mask on at work. Everyone's masked on campus, but at that, at this point, vaccines are not required. That's going to be changing in the new year. So it, it is, it's interesting to see the adjustments. I feel that the way creation handled it is probably what live events should move to if they want to continue to have them and not create like clusters, right. Of vectors of, <laughs> you know, transmission fan expo. I will say everyone was masked. People were very good about having their masks on. So I, that was, that was positive. It was really well organized uh, in terms of getting people in and out of the building efficiently, more so than Denver has been in the past. Yeah. But uh, would I have gone had I not been presenting? I'm not sure. You know, it, it's, I'm still uncomfortable with things like that. That said, you know, it's, it's some conventions like New York and um Read Pop, I think, is the company. There's a couple of, we didn't talk about this yet, but there's a few companies that have multiple conventions. Mm -hmm. Denver Comic Con used to be independent. 
they had been struggling. COVID made them really struggle is my impression. This is my impression. I don't have insider knowledge necessarily, but Fan Expo, I believe, purchased them. And they have already done ones in Canada and a couple other places. Everybody, does that I think sound about right? I think that's yeah. yeah. Um, but think other companies like Read Pop and other conventions. So for New York Comic Con, you had to have um, you had to have a vaccine or a test and mask, right? So I, I think that's just what we're going to be getting to for live events for a while. And it makes sense to me that you know that's if you want to be going to things, that's that's what we have to do. And what I loved about the creation thing is about switching it to everybody being tested. It's nice to know that everybody's vaccinated, but that doesn't mean you're not sick. Mm -hmm. um, so I yep. love I, I love that switch, even though it was annoying. It, you know, it would more work for everybody. I loved knowing that everybody who had that little yellow bracelet on their wrist mm -hmm. at the creation con was had been that tested. Was, it was super reassuring, and also they they were not. I don't know what they paid for the testing kits because you could also buy them on site and they were cheaper to buy on site in some cases than at the store. Like if I went just as an individual to the store to purchase one and then because it's a fandom community, I saw, and I'm always paying attention to this because of my research, I saw people giving people tests. Like if they had come in and their test wasn't valid, they were like, Oh, here, I have an extra take this one. Or so there was, you know, people were so happy to be able to be together again that I think that they were willing to, you know, make adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, I mean, I, I went to a concert, and they were requiring vaccine cards or you couldn't get in at all. And, you know, but I will say it probably would have been better to do the testing and everything. And so there is that part like, well, that's probably not responsible. But but I will say that just the vaccine card alone, just having to show that, which is the first time. This is why it kills me when people get upset about this, because this is the first time ever since I got the vaccine in May that I've had to show my card ever. And that was kind of a good feeling because they checked it really thoroughly that you had to show your ID and they checked it against the ID. So it was like, you know, checking for fraudulent stuff as well. So that, that made me feel good, but I don't know if I'd go to a lot of those things because it is a little bit different. It's very weird because now I think you look at crowds a lot differently where it's like, Oh, this is so weird to be with all these people, like so scrunched together and, I remember going to Los Angeles and flying. And even though there are people that say that actually a plane is one of the safest places to be because of the way they circulate the air right now, but still at the same time, even though you have your mask on, you're required to have your mask on and they will come and flight attendants will be like, Hey, that's below your nose. You got to pull it up. It still feels weird being on a plane. <laughs> I don't like flying anyway, but it felt really weird. So I, I mean, I'm very, I would be picky about it. I, I don't know. I, I want to go to more conventions. I want to go to more conventions through the podcast and do stuff like that. But there is that part of you where you kind of go, okay, you have to remember it's such a different time now that everything feels weird. It doesn't feel the same way. You don't feel like you have that luxury of being, it feels irresponsible, some of the stuff. So it's like, you know, I think, I, I don't know, that's my own personal struggle with it. I think that's everybody's struggle. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think we want to do stuff, don't. but what? Yeah, but I think there are some people that don't feel that way at all. I mean, there are like, I know when um, the Violent Femmes, when the, with the concert, when they had announced they were requiring that, people were furious and were like, I'm not going to be fans of you anymore. I'm not going to listen to your music anymore. That kind of, and I'm like, well, I, I wouldn't want these people to be my fans anyway, if I were them. 
but it's it's that kind of thing or like i know um the dance club tracks here in denver is requiring uh vaccinate vaccinations and all that kind of stuff to get in and you still have to wear a mask and all these people were furious about that so it's like there are a lot of people i think that don't think of it the same way and just are like uh, you know it's Too time many. to go back to business as usual and i think that's why we're still where we are the same honestly, the same but... thing happened the, the, mon the monkeys are doing a farewell tour this summer mm -hmm. or this summer this fall <laughs> summer i don't know what i'm thinking and same thing they're doing the same thing they're requiring masks and and vaccinations at most of the venues and same thing fans were screaming about it and in our case you know people are pointing out uh these guys are seniors they're a high risk category yeah. why would you want to make them sick even if you don't care about you what about them you're supposed to love them so you know um yeah there's way too many people who feel that way that are kind of mm -hmm. me so it's about me not about others yeah yeah it's 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 capitalism it's the disease of capitalism hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, now I'm going to go to my interview with Lauren. And now I am joined by Lauren from the Sort of Brilliant podcast. If you watched our very first trivia event, she was on there with her co-host Rachel. And Rachel was also on one of our horror trivia events as well. And Lauren has been to 30 supernatural conventions. I may have said 80 when we recorded, <laughs> but it's 30. I was trying to give her more, more credit, but still, that's pretty, pretty darn impressive. So I'm really glad that you could join us, Lauren, because I thought it'd be really valuable to get your input on going to conventions, especially supernatural conventions, which those are the only ones you go to, right? They are, yeah. Um, I'm first of all, I'm very glad to be here talking about it. I <laughs> I told Erin when she invited me, I was like, oh, maybe maybe going to all these conventions will actually be good for something if I tell people. <laughs> <about that." laughs> but, yeah, I've only um, Supernatural was really my first fandom. I was uh, okay. That's court. I was in the Vampire Diaries fandom, but I was in it online. I never yeah. actually, um, it's so funny too, because I was part of the Vampire Diaries fandom when Ian Summerhalder and Paul Wesley were still showing up at Hot Topic. And I just never <laughs> managed to be at Hot Topic where, wherever they were. But um, Supernatural is the first fandom that I got into online and then did uh, like outside world stuff. So I actually, mm -hmm. um, like I uh, made my uh, best friend in real life watch the show specifically to go to my first convention with me. Um, so, Cause I didn't want to go alone and I didn't know anybody. Yeah. Like I was so new to the, the fandom that I didn't know anybody at the time. So I made her become a fan to go to the convention with me, but yeah, I have not. Um, I think I've been poisoned by them too, because I don't really want to go to a general convention. <laughs> <laughs> but you're forced to what so what was the first one that you went to it was uh it was chicago con so all of these supernatural conventions are hosted by a um entertainment company called creation entertainment and they do uh supernatural specifics so the only actors at these conventions are actors who have appeared on the show supernatural and i um 
uh, was living in Chicago at the time and they did a convention in Chicago every year. So it was Chicago Con 2013, which was like October 26th, I think, or something like that, or October 27th. So it was actually, it's actually like my eight year anniversary of going to cons right wow. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I know, like, have you always gone, because there's different tiers, if people don't mm -hmm. know, you go general, um, copper, silver, there's preferred. Right. Um, whenever I, the two that I've gone, I've gone copper, mm -hmm. but then there's also gold, which mm -hmm. you get like a lot, you get the special J squared Jared and Jensen yes. panel. And then you also get, of course, autographs and stuff. Yes. So when you go, do you go different levels or do you mainly go? So gold? I, I'm going to get on my, uh, my soapbox back in my day, you know, when I, and this is how crazy it's been too. So the first convention I ever went to, uh, we got silver. It was really important that we got silver. Like the second they put them online, we bought them because like you, uh, it, it was good seats. All of the autographs were included. It was just a better deal, like financially. So the, the Jared and Jensen autographs only being on the passes is actually kind of a new thing. It only started within the past four years, four or five years. And, um, copper is a new thing that only started within the past four or five years. And when I went to my first convention, Misha's photo uh, was um, $80, 80? Yeah, I think it was 75 or $80. And his autograph was 60. And now when I go, his autograph is 119. And this oh photo is 139. Gosh. Yeah, so it's a big change. So the admission that I have gotten has, has fluctuated with the, mm -hmm. um, the price changes. It's not actually, uh, of all the things you can do at the convention, the seat isn't the most important to me. If it's the cheapest way to go, I'm totally cool doing general admission and then getting as many ops and autographs as I can. But sometimes, weirdly, it's cheaper to buy a silver or a gold off somebody else and then strip it of all the autographs. So sell it to somebody else and yeah. then still use the seat. So it really, it's, you know, it's con by con. I really just yeah. try to, um, I'm financing my way through getting to all of these conventions. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's lots of different, cause I wouldn't even think about that. Like, you know, selling off of that. Cause I only did copper too. So right. you don't get anything really with that, except for you get, admission to the mm. Saturday night special concert, yes. which if people don't know, they do that every Saturday and it's Rob Benedict's band. Um, and they, sometimes some of the stars come on very, have you, so I'm assuming since you've been to so many, you've gotten to see Jensen perform. I have, I saw Jensen perform. <laughs> I saw Misha get on stage. One of the two or three times he, he did go up with them. Um, I saw Misha and Jared, I think come on at the very end to sing, um, I forget what they sing, but they all get on stage at the end and they sing something about like friendship or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and they all got on stage and that was, that was very nice and special. So it was cool. Yeah. I'm very jealous that you've seen Jam Jensen sing. I, I'm very I, jealous of yes. anybody who's seen Jensen Yes, sing. I would definitely 100%. <laughs> and you know, that's, uh, SNS uh, is, um, it's not free, but you can go without having admission. Yeah. It's one of the few things. So you can buy a Saturday night special ticket and just go to see that. If you're in the city and you hear Jensen has decided to sing, you can be like, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, definitely would if I could. And you can also go to karaoke for free. Yes. So on Friday nights and the karaoke thing is a lot of fun too. So even in that, that is something that it doesn't matter if you like Supernatural or not. That's not geared towards you have to be a fan of Supernatural. Neither is SNS really. So you can go to either one of those if you're not a fan as well. And 
the Saturday night special, it's really is like going to a rock concert. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're just going to some cheesy thing. It really feels like that. I think it's really special. So yeah. And I'm still just really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always jealous when I hear that. I'm like, that's one of my bucket list items. I don't yes. know if it'll ever happen, but yes. I'm like sometime I want to see him perform. That would just be so awesome. So one of my bucket lists too and actually the place i saw him perform was vancouver when they were still filming oh. so he always sang in vancouver because yeah. they didn't have to travel so he was there um mm -hmm. so i was like i'm gonna see jensen sing like it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's amazing well i know you've had a lot of great wonderful experiences and i want to get into you because i know you kind of have a special relationship I would say with Misha and I don't know if you would think the same with, with Jensen, but I think definitely with Misha. And so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that because I think it even goes beyond the pair of parasocial relationship with him. Like he knows who you are and stuff, right? Yeah. I, yes. I mean, I've been going to these for so long <laughs> and yeah. I, um, it's always cause it is, it is parasocial, right? Or it is a fan celeb relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, like you have to be careful to position that in your brain too. However, cause you can be like, this is special, but then you pull yourself back, <laughs> but then you're like, don't pull yourself back too much. Like give yourself some credit. But yeah, I mean, um, like the first time I went to a convention, I was just a fan. And then I took like a year break. Um, I think I just got lucky. And I also think I'm the type of personality that Rachel will say that I make an impression on people. And I'm like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? And she's like, well, you can't experience it. So I can't describe it to you. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> she's like you make an impression you make a good impression um I th I do think from my point of view I'm the type of person that I'm like um like I, I want you to be my friend or like I, I I want you to remember who I am and I um I'm I I just uh that's the other thing too um and he has said this to me that I just talked to him like I was just like mm -hmm. you're just a person and I'm just like Hey, I want to tell you this stuff. So yeah, he knows my name. He, uh, one of the first times that I met him, he spelled my name incorrectly. And, um, Meg and Carla and Rachel, who were all a part of that, um, thought it was hilarious. And my friend Hannah, who, um, produces SOB, uh, thought it was hilarious and just started calling me, uh, Laren. He forgot the U yeah. in my name. Um, and I'm <laughs> sure that cemented it in his brain too, that like this, girl keeps following me around her friends keep bothering me about messing up her name so but yeah yeah he um yeah he recognizes me knows my name uh we discuss fandom things <laughs> <laughs> but that but that is pretty awesome I mean I think and what you said about that you talked to him just like a human being I think that's the thing that people forget is they're just human beings these people right. aren't they're not like I mean, yes, it's special to you because they create stuff that you like. And, you know, if they like something that you say on Twitter, it's this like, ooh, they noticed me and they know yes. who I am or that kind of thing. But then, you know, if you do get to know them and you get to talk to them and, you know, I mean, interviewing people on this show has been one of those kind of things where it's like, oh, I talked to this person. But when you're interviewing them, it's like, oh, yeah, they're treating me like I'm a colleague because that's yeah. the way they kind of view it. So it's a totally different experience. So I think you get to know people better that way. So that's probably why, like he said, he's comfortable with you because you're not like, Misha. <laughs> I try not to be. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it happens in my brain still sometimes. But yeah, yeah. And I think, and I mean, I'm, I, I, like, I want to stress, I think I'm, I've been very fortunate too. Like one, I've been to so many conventions and two, I have had the random opportunities where 
I'm able to converse with him when it's not a high pressure situation. And I feel mm-hmm. like lots of people are watching me or like judging what I'm trying to convey to him. So I think that's actually like really privileged as well. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm totally acknowledged of that. <laughs> yeah, I would never say, at least from following you on Twitter or anything that you come off like you're like, oh, ha ha, <laughs> I'm better than all of That's you. Good, I because I never want to do that. Never want to no, do that. No, you don't at all. You don't at all. Because there can that can happen in fandom where people yeah. have a hierarchy and they're like, oh, well, I get to talk to this person. Yeah. So I'm better than you are. And it becomes a whole messy yeah, I mean, situation. Uh, 20, I, th- I think this is still a thing, but not as much as it was in like 2012, 2013, when you had BNFs or big name fans, um, mm-hmm. that carried over from early fandom too. And I definitely, uh, wouldn't think of myself that, and I actually don't think of a lot of other people that I think are still called that as that because they're also just people, but I don't like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to come uh, to come off that way. I still get surprised when people know who I am and I don't know who they are. <laughs> and I'm immediately like, <laughs> Oh, no, what have you heard? <laughs> I'm just here in my corner of Twitter, like chilling yeah. and yelling about things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now that you've got a podcast, you also can get yes. people contacting you because of that podcast, both yeah. good and bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's been super fun. I've, uh, yeah. Rachel and I say this all the time. Like, we love arguing with people. Like, please come argue with us. Even if we like get all like frustrated about it, we still love doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I've had people where I have conversations, like good conversations, but yeah. So, what has been your the best? I don't know if you can answer this, but what has been your the best experience you've had at a convention or the best convention you've been to? Oh my gosh! So I I did try to think of an answer to this because there there are a lot that I could point out as like special moments, but I I think the. Uh, the best one that I'm going to name is, um, so for my golden birthday, which uh, golden birthdays are birthdays that fall on the day that you were born. So I was born on March 24th. So my uh, 24th birthday was my golden birthday. And I put a lot of stock into birthdays. So um, Meg and Hannah and our friend Nish, whose birthday is actually um, a few days after mine, they all uh, planned, we went to Nashville, the Nashville convention for my birthday. Um, and for Nish's birthday, uh, and they got cake and they planned it all out. Um, and we like went around Nashville and it was one of those times, a lot of times when I go to cons, it's literally just the con because they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And a lot of times I can't take off work for Mm -hmm. Friday. So I show up Friday night and then the con Saturday and Sunday, and then I need to go home to get to work on Monday. So I don't see the city really, but for Nashville, we actually like saw Nashville and we did a scavenger hunt in Nashville and and went up Broadway and like drank at all the bars and like did a bar crawl and we went um, like go-kart racing so they just planned out this whole thing and it was a really that's one of the it sticks out in my head because it's one of the times where the convention was also like an actual trip and an actual vacation Mm -hmm. and it was with people I really loved so it kind of melded um, it did such a great job of melding the friends I had made in fandom with the fandom experience. I guess the other one I would say that did that too was Vancouver because a whole group of us, like I think at least 10 of us who had met because of Supernatural and had spoken um, online in a Supernatural chat room for the longest time. I think it was like a year and a half or two years before this happened, we all managed to go to Vancouver con together and it was a whole week. So we did a vacation in Vancouver and then Mm -hmm. also the convention. And it was like, and uh, one of our friends was from um, Montreal and one of them was from Australia. So it was, it really was 
like the one time we all got to be together and meet. And it was such a special experience to, to for the show to have brought us together. And then for us to get to meet and experience a convention together. And we all, yeah. we took, I think like, because it, we did so many combinations, we took like 25 photos with Misha. And he, <laughs> and he oh, said wow. something about it. Yeah, he was like, yo, yeah, you were the ones who did all of those pictures with me. And we were like, yeah, that was us. So that was a really special moment too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, definitely, I think, that is the biggest uh, the biggest plus to going to conventions is the fan side and interacting mm -hmm. with fans because the panels are great. All that stuff is great. But getting to know other fans, I don't know. There's just something really, really special about that. So, yeah. Yeah, there is. There's so many people that I am mutuals with on Twitter that I'm like, oh, this was a person from a convention. <laughs> like yeah. I stood I stood in the autograph <laughs> line with them or I sat next to them during um, SNS or something. And, and that's how I know them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, no, I agree. So this is probably another hard one. But what's a favorite panel, even if it's a favorite <laughs> panel moment or something like that. I can actually do this one really easily because okay. I've only ever seen one Jensen and Misha panel. Um, because they never happen. And that was absolutely my favorite. Um, the creation, they make a lot of money and they are very <laughs> okay with the amount of money they make. So they don't really change their formula unless it's necessary. So they have the Misha panel on Saturday and then Jared and Jensen have a panel on Sunday. So you never get, unless it's like a special experience, they did a con in Hawaii where they had a Jensen mm -hmm. and Misha panel because they were promoting their um, You Are Not Alone campaign at the time. And I think there was a Jared and Misha panel as well, but they don't usually ever do that. In DC Con in 2019, which was the last con that I went to before the pandemic, and actually the second to last con before the pandemic shut everything down, uh, Jared was unable to make the convention. So at like last second, they did a Jensen and Misha panel on Sunday, which I never thought I'd see because the only con that does them regularly is the one that happens in Italy. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm never getting to Italy, so I guess I'll <laughs> never see it. But they did it. Uh, I live in DC now. Uh, I was I was over the moon. I was so excited. It's the I love their dynamic. I love their friendship. I was so so happy to see it. I forced Rachel, who lives in New York, of course, to drive down four hours because <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I can't make it." And I was like, "If you do not come to this panel when the only place you can see this panel is in Italy, I'm going to kill you. Like, there's no <laughs> way that you're not coming down here." So we got her down last second, but. Um, Absolutely, definitely my favorite panel. And my friend Mel was, um, they do at the uh, at the J2 panels, they do this thing called last question. So mm -hmm. the person, so when the panel's over uh, and they have one last question, the fan who happens to be the last question gets pulled up and they sing a song or whatever. So since the J2 panel was replaced by Jensen and Misha, Jensen and Misha did last question. And one of my best friends was the last question person. <laughs> so oh, it was really cool. fun to see her too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I know a lot of people wanted that to happen when they were just yes. in Denver, that a lot of people yes, were trying to get it to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it didn't, but. No. Yeah. There, I think yeah, lots uh, of drama. from what I hear, Jensen and Jared are going to try doing both Saturday and Sunday. So maybe they'll oh, really? start switching up panels. Yeah. Oh, really? Huh? So they're both going to start doing both two days instead of just one day. That's yeah. I know. I know before obviously the pandemic like changed every not changed everything but they the show was ending anyway so things were going to change and now who knows what that trajectory would have been because the pandemic roared in and, and that changed mm -hmm. things too but i knew they usually did all of their stuff on sundays and it was such a long day and they didn't really get a chance to 
you know, like I, so here's the thing. I think one of the big reasons that all of these actors still like doing these conventions, because this is unusual too, like Supernatural's over yeah. and they still have 10 cons planned for next year. And this past con that I went to Charlotte is an every other year con and they've already planned the 2023 date. So they have that set and people are buying tickets for it. So these are going to be happening for a while. And I think, I mean, I want to take credit as a fandom that the actors actually like us, and I'm sure that they do. But I think all of the actors actually really like each other and conventions are where they see one another. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of like not having to shove all of their stuff in one day and also like (laughs) spreading it out so they can actually hang out with their friends. And this is the one place that they see these people now. So, yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I mean, it comes across that they all seem to like each other. I mean, I'm sure there might be people that don't, but it seems like they like each other. It doesn't seem like there's any kind of cattiness in fighting um, competition kind of thing going on. Yeah, I was uh, I was just at Momenticon um, and saw Mark Shepard, who doesn't do these creation cons mm-hmm. anymore, but does other supernatural specific cons. And Mark Shepard is very frank with his words. And he actually said, yep. like, he's like, we all like each other. And he's like, and the ones we don't like, uh, we get rid of very quickly. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, because there have been some that, yep. know, that don't, don't come around anymore. Yes, but... I had a specific name come to mind that I was like, hmm, I know which one you might be talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple come to my mind, yeah, but it's yeah. but it's probably one of them is probably the same one that you're thinking yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and we we won't we won't get into that just because don't want to have to deal with that person. No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to give him his name any screen time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you've had a lot of picks and a lot of autos, all that stuff. Do you have a favorite with mm-hmm. that as well? I have so many good autos and pictures. And they all, I'm, I've been getting so frustrated with myself lately because they're all starting to blend together too. <laughs> like I can't, I can't yeah. remember. My favorite autos are when um, sometimes Misha will write something, like he'll have a whole conversation with me, but he'll actually write something on uh, your photo, uh, which is my favorite. Um, and he wrote recently, um, you're my favorite, which made me feel stupid and special. So like that, that sticks out of my brain. It's something I can remember because I have tangible evidence of it. I'll bring up, a, I'll bring up when I can actually remember. It's not necessarily my favorite, but it's one I remember. Um, Misha has these photo ops where he's dressed as Cass on Sundays. So he's in mm-hmm. the whole trench coat getup or whatever. And he obviously he's taking like 300 or 400 photos and I have taken a good fraction of those photos with him. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And a lot of other times, a lot of other people are like, I don't know what we should do. So I have observed over the years that his like default pose with Cass is he he opens his trench coat and he hugs you like with the trench coat around you or whatever. So one time I went up to him and I was like, I don't, I don't know what we're doing. And he wanted to do that. And I was like, I'm not doing your default. (laughs) And he got um, like mock mad at me and, uh, and recently after that i was like i don't know what you want to do and he was like i don't know what we want to do either he's just standing there and i was like okay you can hug me with the trench coat if it doesn't look stupid and his face like lit up it's <laughs> like you're really stupid. so excited that, that we get to do this really and then he made it good because he was like making me laugh while we were hugging yeah. so that was nice but yeah it's just it's um it's so weird uh, because you would think, and they are, autos, you get more interaction because you get slightly longer and you get to talk face to face with them. But with the plexiglass, because you can't speak through the plexiglass that they have now in photo ops, really. Um, if I am yelling something at him, he'll like stick his head around and I can say two words and then he's he's back over there. But 
ops used to be, and I hope that they will be again, even though you only had like 10 or 15 seconds, it could be a really good like bubble interaction. Because here's the other thing too, I'm going to um, scream the phrases of Chris Schmelke, who is the only uh, photographer at these conventions, <laughs> at the Supernatural conventions. Mm -hmm. First of all, it takes amazing pictures. Second of all, he really he works so so hard to cultivate an environment where you feel comfortable and where you get to have that experience with the actor so he actually does uh like a class at these cons that you can go to that you can pay to go to and i did go to his first one and he talked about how he he puts on music during photo ops mm -hmm. and the reason that he does it is so that you can talk to the actor without anybody there like you know, like listening in or, or, or kind of taking that moment away from you or rushing or rushing you along. They do rush you along, but like you, you get at least some, a little bit of time with them. Um, so I really felt like photo ops were a good place where you could like have moments with the actor or like mess around <laughs> with them or whatever. Yeah. So those are really yeah. special to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm not going to ask about the sexism necessarily because most of the people that are here are women. I was are, thinking are about women. this question. I it's was like, like yeah, a lot of yeah. them are women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 99% of when you go to a supernatural convention, mm -hmm. honestly, it is like that. It's like not at least 90% are yes. women. But I do want to know because I know, and as much as you're comfortable talking about this, but are you I know. about ship wars? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to kind of bring up something, but we're. People don't like it when certain questions are asked. Yes. Uh, when certain ships are brought up. Yeah. And so there could be a lot of that. I know online there'll be a lot of stuff where people don't actually know what's going on at the convention, mm -hmm. but they misinterpret stuff. So if you had experience with that or, or as much as you're comfortable saying like your experience with that or your views on that as far as like what's okay and what's not okay to bring up at conventions. Haha. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes, I have lots of <laughs> thoughts and feelings about this subject. So my first ever convention, this is such like deep supernatural lore too. Um, my first ever convention was, uh, for anybody who doesn't know this, there has, since Castiel appeared on the show, there's been a ship between Dean and Cass and there's been um, strife <laughs> between people who yeah. see it and people who don't. Um, and that strife has some sometimes passed over to like actual industry people, not the actors per se, but like other people who work for the network or producers or that sort of thing. Uh, so my first convention was actually right after a time when something had happened on the show that was upsetting. Uh, it was rightfully upsetting to, to um, Dean and Cass shippers and a producer got involved where he was like, well, maybe we'll do that if the story suits it, which blew up this whole thing, because when should a queer relationship have to suit a story in order to happen on screen? Mm -hmm. But Misha decided to just tweet out, uh, you're not crazy, which was very vague, but also uh, very clearly referencing uh, what had happened and kind of trying to support people who did see that um, relationship. So at the convention, actually, it was the first convention after that had happened and after he tweeted it, and nobody was asking about it. And Misha finally totally segued off this question that had nothing to do with it in order to talk about it. He clearly wanted to. Uh, and it was, it was uncomfortable for me <laughs> being the first time at a con and also not um, knowing that there were people in the room who were like mad about it being brought up and who like hated people who 
like shifted or agreed with him, uh, it felt very uncomfortable. That isn't a time that I felt like it's not something that should have been brought up. Obviously, it was brought up by him. But the feeling in the room was very uncomfortable. And there have definitely been times after that where a question has been. And here's the thing, too. It's not that I think that the question is wrong. Is wrong. It's that the environment is not suited for it. And I'm scared mm-hmm. for that person because of of I don't want people to be booed or um, yelled at for asking a question that I feel is totally valid. And my views on it are that if it happened in the show, if you're not being disrespectful to the actors, so uh, you're not asking something that they've made clear, and this is a whole other thing too, because some people (laughs) will want to argue that uh, actors have made clear that they don't want to talk about Destiel when that isn't the case. Uh, Actors have made clear that they don't want to be argued about what their view of the show is, but they're mm-hmm. totally good discussing what you think and and agreeing with your own view and talking about what the show is. But I think you can ask any question about the show if you're not being disrespectful, if you're not being lewd, um, anything like that. Uh, and I really think it's a problem of the the culture of the room. Like people shouldn't be booed. I actually just got to ask a question, Misha a question. Um, in uh at this at this past con uh and i <laughs> i was actually care i didn't ask him about the confession scene i was like i don't he's been dealing with a lot lately i don't want to put that on him yeah but i did ask him about um i asked him if there was a movie what would he want to see and he like had his answer and then he i and i asked are there any loose ends that you'd want to see tied up uh and he turned it back on me and was like are there any loose ends you'd want to see tied up and i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I could possibly get this whole room mad at me. And here's the thing too, it's like a crapshoot. Like what I was about to say was not a bad thing. I said, yeah, obviously Cash should have been in the finale. <laughs> and there should have mm-hmm. and I was waiting for the reaction and I got lucky because the reaction was that people cheered and agreed. And I was like, thank God, because very easily people could have booed and then it could have gone in an entirely different direction because also when the audience boos, the the person on stage has to take some control or accountability and that can like switch the tone which can make the question asker feel bad when the person on stage isn't upset and the question asker didn't do anything wrong but they're trying to like not form a mob so like something Mm -hmm. needs to needs to be done um but yeah but people cheered that time which was great and i actually had some someone come up uh afterwards and tell me that they had been in the crowd and that they were concerned when i said it um and they were happy that people cheered and they were really happy that I did say it, but they were like, oh no, when I said it. <laughs> so my view on it is that I think that the crowds at conventions should, you know, should sit there and just take the, as long as the questions are not bad. I think that yeah. there should be, I, I don't really get, I don't get the booing. I don't understand. I've heard plenty of questions that I didn't agree with the ship or, or the interpretation that the person had. And I still sat there and listened to them politely. <laughs> like, it's still interesting to hear the answers, right? And I don't know why mm-hmm. you'd want to make someone feel bad for uh, engaging with a topic that they obviously felt something about, like enough about to get in front of hundreds of people and ask a famous person. That's hard to do. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think what it is is people like to find drama where there is no drama. And I think also with the supernatural fandom, what I've found more than any other fandom, and that's why I kind of stepped back from it for a long time is there, you know, it's, 
they say there's the SPN family and the supernatural mm -hmm. family, but there's so much infighting and so yeah. much like people are so mean to mm -hmm. each other and horrible to each other over really when it comes down to it, silly things. And I'm not saying people, I'm not talking about people being hurt about what happened in supernatural or that kind of thing or queer baiting or anything like that, because that's legitimate and people sh have every right to be upset about that right. because this show does do that more mm -hmm. than most. But I think it's, it's more the fact that people are like, you know, no, you're not allowed to enjoy this and this person is not okay. And you're enjoying fandom wrong and you're doing fandom wrong. I think that's yeah. kind of where it comes from is you're not experiencing it the way I want to experience it. So then you're doing yeah. it wrong and I'm going to call you out on it because it makes me look better. I don't, I don't know if, if that makes sense, but that's no, kind of yeah. I yeah, that makes complete sense. I mean, I, I, I'm super careful to cultivate my corner of fandom and I don't mm. really step outside of it, which can sometimes be a detriment because then I'm like, it's fine here. Like, <laughs> like nothing's <laughs> wrong because I've done my job, like, you know, um, and I actually have to go looking for the, like the wank or the drama or whatever. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> and then again, I'm like, but I'm just watching it and it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> but you reminded me mm -hmm. when you said like creating drama that happens too um at the disconnect because the other thing about supernatural conventions is that they are very much a canon element of the fandom so yeah. the online fandom watches conventions or like follows conventions so people will live tweet them and i have experienced this so many times it happened at denver um that that something will be said at the convention and uh it either gets reported incorrectly or it gets reported correctly but they get it, then it gets passed around online and it's a game of telephone so mm -hmm. this whole wink blows up online and then i and then i pop onto twitter uh on saturday night after a day at the convention and i'm like what's happening nobody is upset <laughs> at this convention <laughs> and yeah. the entire internet is blown up about it yeah yeah that's yeah i think that that happens i think more often than not mm -hmm. that's why i think the best thing is if it's on YouTube to watch that, if you can actually yes. watch a video to actually see what really happened. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Fandom is very, I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody that is on our podcast roster of panelists, I met because of Supernatural and they're all, oh, wow. and a lot of them are local <laughs> here. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and I mean, that's amazing because I have these amazing people in my life. I mean, Meg and Carla, I met before Supernatural because I met mm -hmm. through the Mindy Project fandom. Right. So, but still fandom is what brought all these people into my life. And that's why I think it's a very beautiful, it can be a very beautiful thing. And it's part of the reason this podcast exists. I mean, it's a big reason this yes. podcast exists really, but. <laughs> fandom things. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't exist without those people. So this show, even though for me, I kind of hate watched the last couple of seasons, to be honest. <laughs> But because the show brought so many amazing people into my life. And of course the show, Dean Winchester is my all time favorite character yes. ever. Yes. So brought that character into my world as well. So I, I'm very grateful to it, but I do, you know, it does. I just think it's sad that there are so many sometimes that you can see so many toxic sides of it. Mm -hmm. But I think when you focus more, like what you said, cultivating your own, area of the fandom because the people that are on here I don't consider them toxic but that's because I I interact with them in a totally different way it's yeah. we're friends and we 
our life is like about this, about going to movies, about talking about other stuff as well. We do like a secret Krampus every year, a bunch of us. So it's it's like this very, it's a family. That's what I think they mean That's, when yeah. they say SP and family is that instead of like the infighting stuff. But I would agree with that. I think yeah. the good people are really good and the bad people are very bad. It's just how it works. And I, yeah. but I know it happens in every fandom. It, I won't, I will say, I don't think the Mindy project ever, ever had that problem. But I do think it does happen like every fandom to different mm-hmm. varying degrees. And as a woman in fandoms, it can be different depending on the fandom you're in. I mean, Supernatural is primarily women. Right. But there are still. Women, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there are still in other fandoms, you know, they still have the fanboys and the gatekeeping and that yes. kind of stuff to I, deal with. I'm not in Marvel fandom, but I have touched <laughs> the edges just because other people are in Marvel fandom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> there's a there's a men problem in here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why I was told don't do Star Trek. Don't do yeah. Star Trek. We did eventually, but don't do Star Trek because you're going to get just mm-hmm. attacked. So it's it's just very it's very weird. Yeah, that's so. Rachel and I had that. Um, we had that fear when we did Star Wars, but then we were like, we were both like, Rachel's not super into Star Wars, and I'm into it in the extent that my dad is super into Star Wars, so I just am familiar <laughs> with it. But yeah. we're both kind of like Star Wars, pew pew. Like we don't really care. So like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, they're so just they good can... movies like you know mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well i mean we already said that if some people don't come to these conventions anymore that's probably a good thing yes but is there any actor or actress or even like a writer or anybody like that that you would really love to see come to a supernatural convention oh my gosh okay well um actually i have a couple I have some. So Sebastian Roche doesn't really do Supernatural anymore. And that's definitely mm-hmm. not because they kicked him out of the Cool Kids Club. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> I think he's a lot for creation. <laughs> um, he's a trip. I, I saw him the he, first time I went to one. He's a trip. <laughs> I did too. He was at my first one. He was fantastic. He um, immediately broke the rated R like ceiling within yeah. like two minutes. He uh, would not stop dancing around the convention hall singing Afternoon Delight. He acted out an entire explicit scene between Cass and Balthazar going on a date together on a picnic. It was, it was fantastic. I would love to see him again. I think he's just, I follow him on Twitter. He seems like a great person too. So I would love to meet him again. Uh, writers. There are three writers I would sell my soul to talk to. I would love to see Ben Enlund, Robbie Thompson, and uh, Bobo Barons at any convention. Uh, a lot of people actually have been talking about lately how they would love to have writers at conventions um, because also, especially because of this confession scene, mm-hmm. because they're like, what can the actors say about it? The writers wrote it like the writers can can tell us. And that was um, yeah. and that was uh, Bobo Barron's. Uh, I would love to to talk to them, but I don't know that it'll ever happen. Um, Creation has had Bob Singer at a couple of conventions, and I think it was them trying to do that sort of thing but they definitely picked the wrong person to gauge whether or not there would be interest in that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I absolutely would love to like sit down with the writers and, and ask um, Bobo because of the confession and he, no, he's just, he's a fantastic writer. Robbie's an also a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. Ben Edlund, I hear is 
is nuts. I would love to talk to Ben Edlund. <laughs> I'm sure his brain is magical. I would really love to speak to him, um, especially because he was on the show extremely early on um, and, and yeah. definitely had some views of what he wanted to happen. He wrote that episode, um, The Man Who Would Be King, which was entirely from Cass's point of view. And I know Misha thinks very, very highly of him. Um, and I love Cass so much. I would love to speak to him about what what he thought was all going on there. <laughs> yeah, no, and a lot of people have said that, that they want to see the writers and the creators. And I think you learn a lot from people who are behind the scenes. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people forget about those people. But yes. I think it's important to hear from them, too, because they're the ones creating and writing this. Yeah. And other people are bringing it to life, of course, but they are the ones that first come up with the ideas. So. Yeah, actually, I, I would I would even love to speak to Jerry Wenick. Um, he was the set designer mm -hmm. for Supernatural, and he was for like all fifteen years. He actually released a crew book um, of photos of it's like four hundred pages of yeah. photos of all of his sets, and it's gorgeous. Um, but he was very deliberate with a lot of his set choices and has been open about it. Uh, and I would love to talk to him about like why was was this lighting used during the scene? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff you don't that we don't know, or you might not right. even pick up on. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's very interesting to talk to people that are behind the scenes and create stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been some of, some of my favorite interviews are with people that are behind the scenes and doing that stuff because you learn so much and um, you know, and most people start out as fans. So most anybody that's in this kind of industry usually is a fan first and then they just become part of it. Right. And that's why they got into it because they loved it so much. And so when you talk to people and they have that that passion, excuse me, for it, it makes it, I don't know, more interesting. So that's why I think it would yeah. be interesting to see the people behind the scenes as well and why they yeah. chose certain things and what they might have wanted to do different or that kind of stuff. Uh, well, lastly, I just want to know, I know you talked a little bit about the plexiglass and stuff, but you've been to, is it two conventions now that you've been to since yes. the COVID since stuff? COVID yeah. And how has that changed everything and um so i've actually been very surprised like i've been surprised they have felt i haven't gone to one and been like i can wait until these precautions are over like obviously i need to keep going um so they haven't felt different enough for me to be upset about it um i want to say that i that so creation has put into place that you need to be uh, tested 36 hours before the first day that you show up and you have to show them your test. And this is whether or not you're vaccinated. Even if you're vaccinated, you need to be negative tested uh, 30, within 36 hours. And you show them the test and they give you a wristband and you have to have that wristband on all week. And then you also need to be masked all week. Um, and I went to a convention in Denver and I went to one in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I felt, I felt really, uh, pretty safe both times. So that was great. The way that they do photo ops is there's plexiglass between you and the actor and you take off your mask right before you step up and you take the photo without a mask and then you step away and put your mask back on, which I think is the best that they can do at this time. I'm hoping that if, uh, if masks are going to be around much longer, maybe we will graduate to uh, getting rid of the plexiglass and taking photos with masks on um, mm -hmm. and maybe possibly still hugging. I've got, uh, I'm not totally sure of the science behind the plexiglass, especially after, I mean, it's, it was washed each time, but you know, somebody sneezes on it and it's, it's yeah. there. So like, you know, <laughs> so, like, 
So true. I'm not totally sure of the science behind it. And it does, uh, it does, it does take away that bubble. Like I can't really talk. Um, you have to, if you have a pose that you want the actors to do, you would tell the creation person and then they would go over and tell them you can't really. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing too. There were some times where I told her what pose I wanted and she would tell them, but I don't know exactly what she's, or if they understood it or, or what, if she used my exact words or what happened. So sometimes I was like, I don't know if what I wanted to happen happened, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so the plexiglass is fine. It has adjusted how I have, uh, been doing cons because I used to do more ops than autos. Um, but now I'm doing like one op and then like three autographs. So it's just also kind of switching how I'm getting that interaction based on what the mm -hmm. experience is. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it. It hasn't stopped me from going <laughs> and it hasn't uh, stopped me from uh, still doing all of the things I usually did. It just kind of adjusted uh, how I did them. And like, and you know, I still, not always, but I still do like yell at Misha or Jensen through the plexiglass or like Jensen was wearing cool shoes last weekend and I pointed at his shoes and did a thumbs up and he was like, thanks. <laughs> so I was like, you know, we're all trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different world, but you know, but it, it sounds like they actually are doing it better than a lot of plate conventions are. Yes. So I think that makes a difference. Yes. But, I think yeah. they're very invested in a, and um, it must be some, it must have something to do with these specific actors too, because I heard yeah. at the Vampire Diaries convention, it was kind of like actor's choice uh, if they had plexiglass mm -hmm. or not, or if they wanted to touch or not. And all of the supernatural actors are like, we're doing plexiglass and we're not touching props and that sort of thing. So yeah, which makes sense. Right yeah, now, sadly, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that can change. You hopefully, know, yeah, they've all got the world young kids. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, 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 they've all yeah. got young kids. So like, maybe that'll make a difference when they're vaccinated. Mm. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, like, I'd like not just convention wise for everything wise. <laughs> exactly. Like this pandemic exactly. To, to kind of wind down. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I remember the days when I thought it was just gonna be a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> Or then we were like, it's going to be a 2020 thing. And now it's yep. like, maybe 2022. So 2022 <laughs> okay. no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bizarre. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. So if you want to just tell everybody where they can find your podcast and what your podcast is about and where they can find you. Yes. We, uh, Rachel and I, who, who Megan Carla uh, on their latest episode called My Hetero Life Partner, we, um, <laughs> we, we do a podcast called Sort of Brilliance. It is uh Harry Potter based, but, um, you know, we, uh, are pretty vocal about how, how awful JK Rowling's views are. And we, we kind of have just taken the, the sorting, um, the sorting structure and we talk about how incorrectly she does it. And then we tell you how to do it correctly. <laughs> but, um, so we have our own sortology and so we sort, uh, fictional characters. We don't sort real people, fictional mm -hmm. characters. Uh, and it's, uh, themed every week. So, um, this past episode that we just did was pirates of the Caribbean. So we sorted, um, captain Jack Sparrow and Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan, uh, and we put them in their houses and we, uh, Rachel and I actually, we thought there would be much more arguing, but we have agreed much more than we than we thought we would. So a lot of the times <laughs> it's yelling agreeing, but sometimes you'll get lucky and we'll argue. Um, sometimes we have guests uh, and we do an episode called Shit Sorting where Rachel and I have no idea what the show is about or who these people are, but the guests give us two episodes that they think is pretty representative of their character. And then we 
uh, sort them based on those two episodes. So those are really fun to do. But yeah, it's just a show about um, first we teach you how to sort and then we sort fictional characters. And <laughs> then we argue with people about uh, their sorting choices and <laughs> where these fictional characters should be. So you can find us at SOB underscore pod on Twitter or Instagram. And our and we're on Spotify and uh, you know Apple Podcast and Google Pod all that too under sort of brilliant so that's, that's us a- yeah we have a lot of fun did not think I'd ever be a podcast person and then the <laughs> pandemic was still happening and Rachel and I were still screaming about what houses Sam and Dean and Cass were in and we were like maybe we should stop bothering the people on Twitter and just, just talk do a podcast and just do a podcast <laughs> and and do more characters than Sam and Dean mm-hmm. and Cassiel which uh, those were our first ever episodes and Rachel recently was just like. We should do them again. I was like, what does that even mean? How, how are we going to talk more about them? <laughs> We've sorted them already. <laughs> That's funny. We could have guests on and maybe they'll have a different view. That would be fun. Ooh, that would be a fight. <laughs> Rachel and I there will not give up. <laughs> like they are where they are. <laughs> no one's going to change your mind, but you no, can have like an those... interesting debate. <laughs> That yeah, that would be fun. Actually, we're uh, getting excited because Jensen Ackles has announced that he wants to do a prequel for Supernatural, which looks like it will probably happen if the um, Mark Pedowitz came out today and was like, "If those boys want to come back and do a show, we're going to let them do it." So it's probably going to happen, uh, and that's going to be about John Winchester and Mary Winchester, who are mm-hmm. Dean and Sam's uh, parents, and John Winchester's an awful character. Yes. And Rachel and I have sorted him in the not stereotypically awful house. And we actually got a lot of pushback from the people in the house. We sorted him in and we were like, guys, your house isn't awful and you are awful, but this is the house that he's in. <laughs> so we're excited. We do need to do more Supernatural characters. We've only done Dean and Sam and Cass and Jack, and we're excited to do other people. So that's coming soon. Yeah. Awesome. And I like the idea of the shit sorting where you don't know the characters. Yes. That's a pretty cool idea. We've had so much fun with that. Our friend Haley, who's been on the podcast twice now, has uh, shit sorted with us twice. And we've, and she's the expert, right? And we've convinced her twice that she's incorrect about her (laughs) Which is a lot of fun, but. That's funny. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and giving me an outlet to express all my con memories. Otherwise, they just get yelled at Rachel and and Twitter DMs and never thought about again. And now you can yell it at everybody that listens. Yes, everybody come talk to me about conventions. I love it. There you go. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and close out and everyone can just say where they can be found, Jill. Well, in the past, I've said on here, you don't want to follow me. I, seriously. <laughs> I, I don't post anything. And, you know, so what's the point? But I do have something I can plug. So um, my sister and I um, do um, light painting, which is going out in the dark and long exposure photography with lights. Um, and we do have an Instagram account. I, I seriously haven't posted anything there in a long time either. But there's actually stuff you can see there as opposed to, like, my Twitter account where there's nothing. So. Um, on there we are rocky mountain light sisters so if you like you know long exposure photography with lights go check that out rocky mountain light sisters on instagram and we're going to go out soon so there might actually be some new stuff on there soon awesome thank you and paula and you can follow me on instagram or twitter at it's my sandbox thank you and tanya 
If you like nachos and pictures of cats and embarrassing sweary stories about interactions with celebrities, no, um, it's really a little bit more like nerding out uh, about academic stuff, but you can follow me on Twitter at AK Nerd Fighting, A and K are capitalized as our N and F. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. I think Erin and I, the other Erin and I, just keep getting a little bit better at it. I don't know. But come, come teach us your ways if you know how to get people to actually watch things like 100,000 times like I see of things that make no sense to me why they're watched that much. But whatever. <laughs> if you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And tomorrow night, since this is dropping on Friday, and if you're listening to this on Friday, join us tomorrow night over on our YouTube page at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, so that's 6 Pacific, 8 Central, 9 Eastern, for a live stream with Meg, the other Aaron, and Angela. And we are going to be just recommending some stuff to you. So it's just going to be a fun little thing. Uh, And feel free to come in there and give us recommendations as well. So we're going to recommend, like, maybe some music, books, fanfic, television, movies, all that jazz. You'll also see the premiere of a new thing we're going to be trying out about movie reviews. So more information about that during that live stream. You'll also hear about it on the podcast when that episode drops next Friday. And next Wednesday, we have another interview coming with another writer, two writers that work together, Gary Grossman and Ed Fuller, who have this series of books. They have a new book out called Red Deceptions. So we're going to be talking to them about that. So it's very exciting that I keep reading all these books because I haven't been able to read in forever, it feels like. And now I'm reading and it's amazing and it's awesome. It's wonderful. Anyway, so that'll be a fun little week of recordings. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.